You amaze me. God forbid I exude confidence and enjoy sex. You're the Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side, and sometimes you want to kill yourself? How'd you... Zach, it's criminal that you have to act like Mary Sunshine 24-7. Just so you can be considered a lady. Thanks, Dr. Freud. This week, the Buffy Gays are joined by extra special guest hosts Paul and Pablo from Scared Gay. Join us as we recap a movie about rich people being really weird about sex while simultaneously being very, very rich, especially Sarah Michelle Geller. We'll share some behind-the-scenes trivia and initiate a really weird bet with our stepbrother. We'll force an athlete out of the closet as we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 stakes. And we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moments of the movie during a very long, very wet lesbian kiss with just a hint of spittle string. (laughs) Only a little bit of tongue. So grab your cross full of coke, finish your conveniently detailed and lavishly illustrated journal entry, and get ready to drink some oddly flavored iced tea with your Buffy Buffy. gaze. It's from Long Island. (laughs) Whoops. Good morning. How are you this fine Saturday? Mm, I'm lovely. <laughs> you didn't make up a new word that time. You just said Lar- an existing one. Lar- really, lovely. Really All right. I think. Lovely bit of string. <laughs> lovely bit of string. Uh, okay. That's all. That's all I. That's all I can handle right now. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce. <laughs> our guests uh one uh familiar to our audience for sure and another not so familiar who i'm very excited to have on buffy gaze finally we have paul jordan and pablo escobar of scared gay hello you two hi hello 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 uh, welcome back, Paul. Uh, our audience should be quite familiar with you by now. You've been on three episodes now so far. That's true. Yeah. And if and, our and... audience actually really likes us, they should know who you are, Pablo, because they would have listened to the Scared Gay episode. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. they forgot they don't like us. But oh, uh, no. just in case they haven't, would you like to do a quick little introduction, Pablo? My name is Pablo Escobar. I'm a Sagittarius. I like long walks on the beach. I have done coke off a cross before in high school. And this is my first time here. I'm really excited to be here. I've never watched an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I am so sorry. So I am am your bitch boy. I feel we will really bad. <laughs> One day, Pablo, we will we will change that. Yeah, I know, right? I can't wait. I'm so excited. I mean, I just hope it doesn't hurt. You know, I've never done it before. We'll be gentle. We'll go really slow. We'll give you a Long Island iced tea. Oh, perfect. (laughs) It'll taste just right, I Mm. promise. In a very, very big bowl of cherries. I can't wait. Maraschino cherries, too, right? Yeah. I was like, who the fuck eats those? Just like on a plate. They're the best for popping. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> true. Jerry. It is true. God. You're very fragile. Very. So before before we get started 
with the movie stuff. We haven't actually said what we're doing. You will know if you read the title of this episode or if you recognize the quote that Zach did at the end of the last episode. (laughs) We are talking today about Cruel Intentions, which has nothing at all to do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, except that Sarah Michelle Gellar Mm -hmm. is... Uh, the only reason anyone would ever watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not for my Lee. For May. <laughs> well, that's my favorite actress in Not the for movie. For my Lee. We've had these conversations. Uh, so I want I want us to uh, give a quick rundown of our histories with this movie. And I want to start with Paul. Paul, what is your history <laughs> with Cruel Intentions? I have a long history with this movie. I recognize how... To say this movie doesn't age well is an understatement. <laughs> uh, but I I saw this movie in theaters and I saw it when I was in Catholic school. Uh, but it was it's a movie that is very near and dear. I would say it's one of my favorite movies. It's I think that it's full of great performances. Again, I don't want to <laughs> shy away from the fact that there are a lot of issues with it. But this is... I mean, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar, so of course I'm going to love it anyway, but I do think it is an underrated movie uh, to to an extent, but that's that's my history. I will have a lot to say <laughs> about this movie as we go through it. Oh, I, I look forward to it. What about you, Zach? No opinions. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I saw it. Uh, I saw this movie for the first time when I was probably like 12 or 13 or so. Um, I, I I was like crazy. I was like 10, I think when it first came out and, um, ish. And, uh, oh, and the reason I saw it too was because I was like, I think I was hanging out at my mom's boyfriend's house while they were on a date somewhere. And I was like going through his VHS tape collection and I found this and I was like, huh. And I watched it and I was like this does things to my wiener. You're like, why does my mom's boyfriend have this and... movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is a little bit weird to think, uh, yeah. Like, why are you watching this movie about ostensibly high schoolers? I mean, bowling. I feel like my family is a degenerate. They took me to see this in theaters. I was 10. Yeah. This came out. <laughs> I mean, so. I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen a trailer for this. Maybe they didn't think it was going to go so hard. <laughs> <laughs> right? They were like, "Oh, it's just a, a fun romp about high schoolers." <laughs> and Buffy's like, oh. in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't think there is a trailer that could be made for this movie that yeah. <laughs> obscures that fact. And I do have to say, um, I had never really thought about this before. This movie. Wait, we haven't gotten through everybody's thing. I don't want to delve into this yet. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle, you, you tell us where you your experience with it. I saw this movie first, either shortly before or at the very beginning of the pandemic. And uh, you showed it to me, as you often do many movies, because I'm, I'm just a little bit too young for this to have been like one of my <laughs> movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just a ute. Just a ute. Um, and I thought it was wild and insane and I still do. It is, <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this movie. Uh, and that's all, that's all. I don't have much of a history with it. This is the third mm-hmm. time I've seen it and I do not feel any differently than the first time. <laughs> what about you, Pablo? Um, well, I mean, technically I watched it the first like 10, 15 minutes of it when it came out to rent when I was in high school, but, and you guys know, like I'm someone that doesn't like 
like drama and fakeness. I like <laughs> real things, which is why I guess I watched the Real Housewives and like I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, I couldn't get past it. <laughs> and like the reason we watched it was my friend at the time was obsessed with Ryan Phillippe and he had just been in 54 and he was so sexy in that. And we, you know, I was like into like watching hot guys do gay stuff. And we were like, yay. And we were like, we can't, we can't do this. It's like, sorry, no. And we just like turned it off and we watched. This reminded me a lot of a movie that I saw. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, Tart. It Mm-mm. came out around this time starring Dominique Swain, Brad Renfro, Bijou Phillips. It has um, Lacey Chabot or whatever, the girl from Mean Girls. And it's essentially like, ultra 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 rich like high schoolers from new york and how cruel and fucking drug addicted they are that Mm. movie is i like that i liked that because i was like oh it's seedy it has the girl from lolita and like yeah (laughs) yeah and then so i watched it for the first time last night for this and um <laughs> what an experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man polite. it's so fun now i feel free polite. rip it to shreds right yes. <laughs> i'm gonna ruin its reputation like of... they did to cecile or whatever her name was <laughs> right i thought of i thought of instead of writing notes for this movie i thought of just keeping a list of grievances <laughs> <laughs> And I decided against that, but I kind of wish that I had. <laughs> Have a festivist style airing of grievances. Right. So uh, let's move on into actually talking about this movie. Zach, do you have any interesting trivia you'd like to share before we get into our recap? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, yeah, I put it on my iPad. I was like, I'll put it on my iPad. That'll be more efficient. And then I forgot about it. All right. Uh, so um, this movie came out in 1999. Um, and it was written and directed by Roger Cumble. I don't Cumble. 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 I love that him. was my nickname in high school. Cumble. <laughs> <laughs> he also directed the sweetest thing and just friends, mm. which are also two of my like like staple movies. Maybe yeah, I haven't seen the sweetest thing in so long. I haven't seen either of those movies. It's Me based neither. in San Francisco. <gasps> yes, with uh, Christina Applegate. Oh, yeah, and Selma and Blair. Selma Blair. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, it's so dumb, <laughs> but so fun and dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, good times. Uh, and uh, anyway, sorry, I was I got really lost down a track thinking about like I'm I take a lot of cum, but I'm humble about it. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> you're too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. <laughs> Hashtag Cumble and Blessed. All right. Now, um, <laughs> here's my uh, some trivia. The movie was originally called Cruel Inventions, but apparently test audiences thought that that made it sound like a science fiction movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And so, okay. And also, this is based on a novel um, by, I am probably going to fuck this all kinds of, but um, uh, Pierre Chaudelot de Laclos. And it, the novel is called Les Liaisons Dangereuses. Or Dangerously. Yes. <laughs> uh, like, and there was a, there have been multiple films made about it already, like Cruel, or uh, the Dangerous Liaisons with Glenn Close. Um, 
there's actually kind of a lot of fun, like kind of horror and even a couple of Buffy crossovers beyond just Sarah Michelle Gellar being in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them is that apparently Christine Baranski, like this is a thing from IMDb said like the final straw for her to like agree to do this movie was that one, she only had to work three days for it. And, um, <laughs> and two, that her daughters are big Buffy fans and they really wanted her to meet Sarah Michelle Gellar and like, I oh, guess, cute. talk to her. And that's stuff. adorable. One thing about, I, I have one little piece of trivia I wanted to share. Go. Which is really stupid. But uh, I just wanted to point out that uh, during Catherine's little monologue at Sebastian about liking sex and whatnot, she calls herself, she's like, I have to be Mary Sunshine. And Christine Baranski played Mary Sunshine yeah. in the movie version of Chicago. That's right. Also, like a true theater gay. Funny. <laughs> For, foreshadowing. The, the actress that played the, uh, well, who's it? Swoosie Kurtz, who played the therapist, is also in the 1988 film Cruel Intentions. That this is. Yes. Oh, or sorry, yeah. Dangerous, Dangerous Liaisons. That this is oh, yes, yes. Also. Yes. Very nice. Um, Call back to you guys uh, who did uh, the Urban Legend a few episodes back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we have Tara Reid and Joshua Jackson in this movie. We're both in that one. Um, And that's why his hair is blonde. Right. And they expect us to believe Tara Reid is a straight A student going to fucking... Princeton. Well, that's why in the she's fall. only in the movie for okay. like 30 seconds. Right. Yeah, I was like, like, and, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, uh, some other, of course, horror uh, crossovers are, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Phillippe and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Joshua Jackson in Scream 2. Oh, and Court, the actor that plays Court that's in this movie for like one second was... Um, Sydney's boyfriend in Scream 2. Oh. I don't know if you guys that was like a that was like a blink and you will definitely miss it. I don't I do not even Are you sure? Are you are you, I think he is Jerry O'Connell's brother. Who's Oh, that's Sydney's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his brother. Right. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Brother, I had a huge you. crush on Jerry brother, O'Connell when I was growing up. The same thing in this yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the the no, actors the actors brother. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that correction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this, that Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Phillippe were together. Like, they got married and yeah. had children. Oh. Yeah. They're like I, one of the... Yeah, I guess I just don't... Really... They're one of the, they were the together success... for a long time. Yeah, they were a very successful Hollywood couple there that they were considered. Yeah, so one. they got divorced in, like, 2008, I think. Dang. And there were some things I read that said they were together before this movie and some that said they got together while filming yeah, this movie. Yeah, I heard that. I've heard multiple things. And there was like a rumor that she was pregnant during filming, but right. she is not pregnant yet. So I think they right. were. I, I, I saw that too, that they was like, did he refer her because they were already dating? Did he get her pregnant of... on set? Mm-hmm. Were they really fucking? Because it said she was... <laughs> it said she me. was... Um, pregnant on the press tour which was like i guess a year after filming finished so that was kind of that but yeah no i i also read about that paul the thing like were they actually having sex and according to imdb it said they were not and that they were like clothed from the waist because if you look at that scene you really only see their shoulders yeah Um, (laughs) well i don't believe everything that they that that i see online true especially i'm not i'm not a sheeple 
<laughs> I oh, oh yeah, IMDb is definitely full of shit half of the time. Yeah. But uh going but just going off of the fact that you really only see their shoulders, I tend to be like, yeah. The jumping into that, I I started to jump into this earlier. There's actually surprisingly little nudity in this movie. Yeah. The only real nudity you see is you see Ryan Phillippe's ass. That's probably why I liked it so much. I mean, <laughs> that's and you see like some ob- obviously a body boob. double. That that was that man was or, yeah. super muscular and then you see him turn around and he's like 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 the skinniest Bellamy twink that you've seen right. in a while. Um, and I was like, yeah, "What?" Like, my like does your butt even lift, bro? Exactly. <laughs> and that sex scene <laughs> is the least I've seen hotter sex scenes in a Serbian film. Like that one just was the <laughs> okay, most unattractive okay, okay. sex scene I had ever. I was like, what? okay, <laughs> Pablo, if you just said that you saw sexier uh, sex scenes in a Serbian film, you are not allowed to talk about how problematic <laughs> this movie is. I'm just, <laughs> and you, you know are what? not about. I am just trying to like get into the vibe of the film. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Because if we fight too much, there may. Not be any more episodes of Scared Gatalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will uh, move us into the recap with the uh, with a disclaimer. Uh, there won't be any spoilers for Buffy the Vampire Slayer in this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless we just forget what we're doing and we're like, oh yeah, it's exactly like that episode of. Um, I just want my first note in the movie is that I can tell exactly the kind of soundtrack this is going to be mm-hmm. from the very beginning because yeah. uh-huh. of the very nineties. A nasally male singer. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with the soundtrack of this movie. This is one of the best soundtracks from the 90s, I mm-hmm. I, I would say. Like, the music, it like, you have Fatboy Slim, you yeah. have a lot of, you have Counting Crows, Marcy Playground, you have a lot mm-hmm. of, like, really the, Reserve. like, perfect alternative. Exactly. It's like, very, it's yeah, just... it's very MTV, like, inspired. Like, you mm-hmm. you, you can see, like, how how MTV really played a huge role in, like, youth culture by oh yeah by the style and even the shooting like the aesthetic and of course the music because a lot of it does kind of look like a music video in a way of this but a very 90s not like not not like a you know an ariana grande lady gaga music right. video but yeah, like a very like 90s but the way. train station scene <laughs> the brooding scene as he's walking around new york city oh, yeah. like all of it but yeah the train and i'm always the train station scene, I cannot wait to discuss oh, that man. later because I have tried to recreate that scene with a friend and it does not, it's not oh, as easy as no. it looks. <laughs> also, I was having like a lot of flashbacks because I literally dressed like Sebastian in high school. My teachers were like, oh, you're so yeah. beatnik. Like I, a staple, black slacks, black turtleneck. Like almost, like I had like, <laughs> five different black turtlenecks and like 20 different black slacks or pinstripe <laughs> pants and like gray. Like I dressed just like him. My teachers loved that me. Fantastic. You were like, Apple oh. tag me in. Yeah, here to do <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And as Chris says, and you were problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo, that's so funny because in high school, I dressed like Catherine. <laughs> I felt surprised. <laughs> I dressed like Cecile. Just kidding. I <laughs> Uh, I love that it uh, at the beginning it pans up over a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's 
it's very the beginning and end are very bookends right uh, foreshadowy there because yeah we have the foreshadowy graveyard and then music and then sebastian driving in the car with his sunglasses yes and then that's also how we end the movie which is fun yeah i and, guess i could and talk then, about that at the end and then we get the scene with the therapist which like sets me against sebastian right away and yeah. throughout the entire movie i'm waiting for catherine to do something as bad as he's done here so essentially in this scene he's meeting with his therapist who seems very disinterested in actually talking to him <laughs> uh and very like i i'm ready to get this over with and um he's also kind of clearly being very uh sarcastic and whatever with her and then we find out that he has um seduced her daughter and done revenge porn on her uh Uh and um she finds out as soon as he leaves the session and then he immediately picks up another woman and walks out and so the therapist gets a call from her daughter and while they're talking on the phone on the daughter's computer it has this like poster he made or whatever of her naked (laughs) and it keeps saying slut 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 right (laughs) Yeah, um, it, is, it is rough. Um, and this was, um, like uh, uh, Pablo said earlier, Swoozy Kurtz, which I think that's such a fun name. I know. I was like, her name is, I always thought it was Swooshy, but yeah, Swoozy. <laughs> that has to be a stage name. Oh, Is it a yeah. stage name? I, I, let me, probably. Let me, I, I don't not, know. White people get named some weird fucking shit sometimes. That's true. So, yeah. She's like, not Swoozy, but Swoozy. <laughs> And, uh, oh my anyway. god, no, that's her real name. <laughs> Whoa. Oh god, all right. The W is silent. Stage name, <laughs> what stage name? I know, right? <laughs> She was like, I was born for this. I have the elegant <laughs> name of Swoosie. <laughs> well, what? Me, but it's not where you think. No. What was it short for? Swoosin? Like, I mean, <laughs> Swoosilla? Susanna, I think, actually. Swoosanna? <laughs> but yeah so um this scene ooh, um (laughs) and it's very i think it's a very 90s thing to be before we dig into like the the super problematic parts of this i think it's super 90s to be like therapists are like scammers and psychobabble it really reminds me of buffy the movie not the not the show yeah but there's so much like there's this theme of the coach running through who's always just like talk about your feelings realize your actuality <laughs> like just i have a, things like this i have a question so and mm-hmm. and pablo has a background i uh, in in therapy, therapy yeah. so i am curious about two things one would a therapist's office have see-through plexiglass plex plexi Class. Yeah, I knew and would it also be taking place in a and what I'm can only assume is a mall? <laughs> it does look like a mall. It does look like a mall. I yeah, it does look like a mall. Um, no, they wouldn't because of patient confidentiality. They would have to close it off. And one of the things that actually stood out to me: no, no therapist would hug their client, especially a young client with a lot of sexual like deviancy mm, that yeah. has come out and talks about it. They would not do that. So part of me was like, is she, is she like a life? Like a life coach is very different. And a life coach is not bound by a lot of the True. American Psychological Associations. Like, um, uh, But I don't think she's well, ethical. I, I, I could see her violating those ethics. I mean, she's obviously writing, wrote she, this book. And then she she's might, like, I'm going like, to charge him for a book. But she would actually probably lose her license for even just not covering mm-hmm. um, 
not covering anything up she would have to like have privacy for you know like like, even if it weren't like a legal thing yeah like like, ever want to see your client like sobbing or right like therapists are even like you have to be careful when you even go out into a waiting room if if you even have a waiting room just saying someone's name like it's it's so you know you you have to be really really mindful of that and so i was like she's at best like a Claire's manager, right? Like she is not <laughs> a fucking therapist at this point. That's why it's in a mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we move on to the scene where uh, Catherine and Cecile meet for the first time. And Christine Baranski has, one, all of her outfits in this movie are fantastic. She's in a beautiful gray number in this mm-hmm. scene. But yeah, the, the suits. My favorite part about the scene was Catherine just speaking to Mei Li in Vietnamese, like randomly. My right. my favorite part is that Mei Li is Vietnamese and she still dresses in like nondescript Asian clothes. And I was like, really? <laughs> you guys are still keeping her? Like, you can't just give her like normal clothes also, to clean the house? <laughs> what is Mei Li's actual role? Because it's like... If she's a housekeeper, then it's weird that she goes with her to Cecile's cello lesson. It's like she's a lady's maid or something, like a governess, like a governess almost. I mean, their parents are out of town, you know, because in '90s movies, parents are never around. Yeah, it. I I interpret it as like a governess because you see her giving a pedicure later. It's just it's very real. It is a little strange. She only gets to speak Vietnamese and only in this scene. I know, right? Right. And oh, I forgot. <laughs> I did forget in the last scene to mention this is our one appearance of Tara Reed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That, that was uh, plays the therapy, with, therapist with star. the crocodile tears. They just had to smear her makeup, yeah. but there's no tears. So good. <laughs> it's not even a cameo. It's just like, like Cam. Blink and you'll miss it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I love uh, Selma Blair and her koala shirt. Oh, yeah. Very much. So. The the whole point of this, I guess, is that Cecile is moving into their school and Catherine is and like Mrs. Caldwell doesn't want anyone to corrupt her. Mm-hmm. Right. And and um Catherine is the student body president, so that means you need to go meet with her at her house. <laughs> yes, all the new students. And yeah. um and like help welcome her to the school. And then um Sebastian comes in halfway through and um he's a Giant yeah. <laughs> I want to know what he did was... to that nurse. Like that's what right, I want yeah. to know. He did something to the nurse. People in the nineties love saying the word matriculate. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Right? What is it with that word? That's in Buffy like twenty times. <laughs> I mean, I think like I know we're going to talk about in just a second. This whole first scene. I know Pablo. This is what made you stop watching it. But I think that this scene does a great job of setting up everything, kind of yeah. for 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 the movie. And and it's also okay. I have to ask because we just talked about we just met Cecile. Is she a freshman or is she a transfer transferring like oh, in her junior year? A freshman. Oh, <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. So a fun piece of trivia: when she auditioned, when Selma Blair auditioned for this role, they had all of the they asked all of the actresses like, "How old are you?" And she very brattily responded, "How old are you?" And that is basically <laughs> what got her the role. Selma Blair fucking kills it in this movie. She is she so good. It. She is yeah. really great. I, the part is really weird. 
Yes. Because it's very like it's like <laughs> so she's strange. playing her as like a six year old right? sometimes. That that's yeah, that's why I was like, Oh, this seems a lot more predatory. <laughs> like I don't know. Oh yeah. But then this woman is like this really hot because I'm I remember high school. If you were really hot, you were not infantilized. You didn't act right. like an infant, you know? So I was like, is something else happening like i really wanted to know what the book the source material says about her like what is happening here um i just have to point out so she's like sitting on the couch spreading her legs and sebastian is like going down to take a peek and christine baranski says keep your legs together this isn't jamaica (laughs) she says that on the way out yes what does that even mean what does it mean i know i think it's another hint that she's racist i think so Oh, but yeah, yeah like, this scene. That was... I I also did, I it it was assy but also funny assy it was ass <laughs> assholeish but also funny the way she's talk um Christine Baranski is talking about she's like bad characters like that stepbrother of yours Sebastian blah 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 and then he walks in and he comes up to her and he's like very nice <laughs> to meet you Mrs Caldwell. <laughs> I love this like scene so much. <laughs> after she and Cecile leave, we get exposition about how they're step siblings and right. how her boyfriend broke up with her they're... and is dating Cecile. Uh-huh. There is a very like um I like this moment because so Catherine, first of all, the whole first half of the movie, Catherine is dressed like a like a sexy funeral director. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um <laughs> She's, she's dressed like one of the witches from American Horror Story Coven. Or she could have walked onto the set of the craft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, but her outfits, her Flip outfits it. through the entire movie are fucking fire. They're so, oh, yeah. I really so I love the one with the giant hat. That's my favorite. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's iconic. Um but anyway, she's wearing this suit, right? And it has like this really long row of buttons <laughs> yes and as soon as they leave she unbuttons it right uh-huh. and so that buttoned up thing is like her facade for when yeah you know they have somebody she has to impress and then she opens it up and she's got the like she's just got like a chiffon titty yeah it's like or whatever that is. i don't know i just like, made up a word i don't know if it was chiffon but and this is our first really, really weird step sibling sexual tension scene where mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, she's got young, supple breasts, a firm, tight ass. Oh, it's uncharted booty. Yeah. Right? There's <laughs> there was this thing too that I thought was really funny because you know that that lady he meets in the in the mall therapist office lady, Clor- Clor- Clarissa. Is how it was spelled. <laughs> Clarissa. Um, he has this, he like pulls out her phone number and napkin. He's like, Clarissa, call me. And then he throws it down and she picks it up and blows her nose with it. Uh, <laughs> well, be- well, because we just also met one of the most important characters in this entire movie, uh-huh. which is her rosary. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coke. Right. The coat cross. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, he also, I don't remember why he shows her the magazine, but when he s- puts it in front of her, she says, I know how to alleviate menstrual cramps. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> who, who's on the cover? Isn't it uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Le Hewitt? Jennifer Hewitt was Ooh. on the cover. I was like, I was like, she's in this film, but no. <laughs> so, but it's a nice little Easter egg because yeah. all three of them were in yeah. you did last summer. Because were they, were they what were considered the later Brat Pack? There was like a a, a like a, a revamping of the no sorry that was in the eighties wrong people <laughs> SMG me. no SMG was on her own level I also okay, think when we 
<laughs> when we you're on a podcast called Buffy Gaze Public. Yes. <laughs> I just like to but, light a fire and watch it burn. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller didn't necessarily play these like good good girls, but she never really played like an evil character. Yeah. And I think that this is great. She kind of starts off being like the Sarah Michelle Geller. Of course, it's a little different because she has brown hair, but this is where we see this total switch. This has mm-hmm. to have been wise. Sarah Michelle Gellar was so into this role because it was totally different than Buffy. It was totally well, different yeah. than I know you did last summer. She's like fucking evil. Yeah. Way this... different from her in the Burger King commercial. Yes. <laughs> um, this does seem so... like a fun film to have made. Like it seems like they all, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I just got the sense that they all had a blast. I was going to jump into like the whole kind of B plot, I guess about Cecile. So first of all, I, I before I dive into that, let me talk more about something else. Um, I really like how kind of arch and very stilted the dialogue is. Yes. It, it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I know it's like bad, but I, I, it, it's something that normally I would be turned off by, but it makes me laugh in this movie. It well, has the 90s. I will say, like, I'll give it, it gives it charm. There, there's something charming yeah, about uh-huh. the like stilted writing for sure. Yeah. Well, this is the very 90s. And I guess like even like the sh- like shows like Euphoria kind of do this too. But this is another example of the overly articulate teenager right. <laughs> yes. which yeah. i thought i was and i look back and i listen to my podcast and i'm like i'm not articulate as a 34 year old so there's no way <laughs> for me it's i said like 4875 times in that episode <laughs> right. <laughs> so she starts off um saying like basically that she wants to destroy uh cecile and he's like, why? And she explains, do you remember Court Reynolds, son of Garrett Reynolds? <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> third of his name. And so the, she goes through this whole story about how she went to huge sacrifices, a.k.a. Belowies, to make him uh, <laughs> happy. And then he dumps her for Cecile. <laughs> that doesn't make and, any sense for someone who likes to have sex and is really owns it to say I made a sacrifice by giving a man a blowjob. Who's I that doesn't right. make any sense to me that to, to me, I was like. The sacrifice would have been like I wanted a baby and I like threw myself downstairs or something like that. <laughs> well, like, well, yes and no because uh, Sebastian refers to him as the Nazi who d- dumped you over, over the Fourth of July weekend. But right. like by kind of calling him a Nazi, there's maybe a little bit of okay, Catherine wasn't as pure anymore. She gave me a blowjob, so I don't respect her anymore. I'm going to move on to another pure kind of girl. Yeah. Well, also, there uh, there's the flashback where he falls asleep while she's giving him a blowjob. Yeah, right. So hopefully, that, like, I, I imagine that. Has hopefully, she went down on him. He passed out and farted on her face. That <laughs> should have been the fucking wait. wait. <laughs> that should have been the sacrifice. This has never happened to you guys before. No, never mind. So I, uh, as they go on, um, this is one of the scenes where they, all their conversations, they end up like either inches away, like three inches away from each other or like on top of each other. She's constantly about to kiss him. And right. And, um, so she's, he asks why we need to like destroy this person. And she's like, if there's an attack on court, it could be traced back to me. Which for some reason is a problem, <laughs> I guess, because of her her um, reputation. Reputation, right? Because there's a whole di- dichotomy of her reputation versus his reputation, where his is like a bad boy. I can fuck anybody. I've had all these conquests, and hers is like I'm the perfect 
Mary Sunshine, Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side. And uh, anyway, the line that made me realize, oh, this was written by a fucking straight nerd is where she's trying to convince him to do it. And she's like, be her Captain Picard. Boldly go. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. Totally by a straight nerd. I was like, what? (laughs) But it had to have gotten like screen treatment from a gay person. No one. No, I have a hard time believing that a straight person wrote the Marsha Brady, (laughs) Marsha fucking Brady monologue. I I bet you it was a gay guy and a straight guy and they were fighting and they were like, fine. Fine. You get one line, I'll fucking get one line. Okay? Just fucking do it. And so the You straight- get one line and I get to write this the uh screen directions for whatever is going to make the adolescent boys in the audience pop a boner. Exactly. <laughs> right. If you if you if you let me cast my boyfriend as Ryan Phillippe's body double, I'll let him write a line. And that's what happened. <laughs> Uh, we also get uh, some casual homophobia here. <laughs> oh, right. I don't remember why Trevor is important. He's like from Kansas City. Trevor or is Annette's from... boyfriend. Okay, okay. Because they're like they. Then he presents the article to her because he's saying mm-hmm. this is a more interesting conversation. Wait, do they break up in the movie? No, no. it's never. Start... It's one of the many plot okay, holes. Okay. <laughs> he's traveling through Europe. They start talking about that, and uh, th- that's when Catherine says, "Trevor's a fag," and right. I was like, "Whoa!" Well, because yeah. the whole okay, crush- yeah. that line though, I'm sorry, I think might be one of my favorite lines. I've always it's- wanted a friend named Trevor that I could just <laughs> constantly say, "Trevor's a fag." It's it's just oh. such a this movie <laughs> does a lot with homophobia. There's a lot of. It's hard to tell. Is this movie homophobic or is this movie actually accepting? This movie, a lot is, of like, th- this movie is late nineties accepting. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like late we're 90s. acknowledging the existence of gay people and they're not specifically like sexual deviants. They're so just like, facts. that's good. Yeah, right, right exactly. Uh, okay. she also uh, we also learn about Sebastian's journal. Uh, uh-huh. Which he writes about all right. of his sexual conquests in, and she says, Speaking "Oh of yeah, you can read about it in your journal. Could you be more queer?" Yeah, God. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. No. To be honest, both of those lines are something I would probably say <laughs> yeah. to my friend. I mean, I I call Paula. I'm just kidding. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, we call each other yeah. fags all the time. Yeah. We're well, allowed to say it. We We're are allowed to say it. It's true. <laughs> Right, we gave Sarah Michelle Geller a pass. Yes. Um, so um, then we dive into the wager. So um, she's. This is basically like Catherine trying to get what she wants, I guess, or in a way. Well, no, it's no. The wager isn't about Catherine getting what she wants. She wants his car, I guess. But she's like, if I win, I get your car. If you win, uh, in English. I'll fuck your brains out. <laughs> and and he at first doesn't isn't receptive he's to like, it. That's a nineteen fifty-six Jaguar Roadster. And then <laughs> as he's walking out the door, she's like, You can put it anywhere. And he stops. Yes. And he's like, oh. And the bet is that is whether he can get Annette to have sex with him by the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is and, so stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh like, correction, how is that I think gonna it's destroy? A, I think it's a nineteen forty six roadster. Also, um, how I was, uh... like, I, 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 I was like, how how old is this car? I remember having to do that. <laughs> also, cars how, were like... around in the forties. Cars were around <laughs> in the 90s, last century. 
Also, it's ridiculous, but also completely believable that Annette wants a very expensive antique car and Sebastian wants to have sex with his stepsister. You mean Catherine? Oh, did I say, what did I say? You said Annette. Oh, excuse me. Nobody's Sorry. jugs are bigger than Annette. Although <laughs> technically, spoiler alert, Annette, Annette yeah, does have sex car. and gets a car. Which I <laughs> oh. am curious how that happened. Right. But she won- She is the real winner of the bet. Right. So after after <laughs> all this exposition, we get our little character introductions where we see Sebastian at his aunt's house with Annette. And then there's another scene after that where we meet Ronald, Cecile's cello teacher. <laughs> This is where we go to Sebastian's aunt's house in her like sprawling estate somewhere in upstate New York, I right. guess. Right? Fucking Versailles. I yeah, know. Right? Right. Exactly. I was like, "What? And, How does this um, family have so much money?" I know Wild. they're they're like definitely old money, like old New York yeah. money. Oh, and part of the reason he's so interested in sleeping with Annette is because she wrote this manifesto about how you shouldn't have sex until you're in love, which. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and for like a Christian star. character in a teen movie, like I'm surprised that she, marriage was not mentioned at all. I'm like, whoa, she's oh, you can have sex with someone before you're married if you're in love. Is she Christian? Yeah, I was like, is she supposed to be Christian? Maybe, maybe not. I think you're thinking of Catherine, well, who says, I she was, "My point, uh, no. I turn to God and He helps yes. me through it." Well, Annette does say something like that later. She says it at the end of the movie, but the I, I guess line. it doesn't. Anyway, I think the article, Christian. I think the article mentions mentions marriage, but later when she talks yeah. to Sebastian, she says, yeah. "I don't believe that they should be in love, or you should." have sex until you're in love but i think the article mentions marriage well yeah she says like literally we're too we're not mature enough to make love because we don't know like what love is like she's just the word right. make, the term making love which is so weird the biggest <laughs> turn off i'd rather have someone refer to my butt as a pussy during sex than someone say like we're making love oh yeah be like let me fuck your chocolate pussy like okay what if it- <laughs> <laughs> what if um, a combination let me make love to your bussy okay <laughs> i'm a professional bottom i i there there's no chocolate in there there's okay. an hour <laughs> the bathroom only, spent the only before thing worse than making love is if there i want to make love to your moist bussy i'm done <laughs> oh. like no, no matter what i'm like i'm like this is too this is like so many double negatives. I don't know if I'm turned on or not. Like this is right. <laughs> I, I didn't come here to be confused. <laughs> right. Your moist and juicy boy flower. <laughs> oh God, Zachary! <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to. Oh uh, no! Do a topper of the topper. Little starfish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, starfish aside. Um, so this is where Sebastian initiates his attack on <laughs> on Annette. And Annette and sees right he through He starts him. with trying to just go up and directly just attack her manifesto as like a debate, basically. <laughs> and um, some more, a little light homophobia here because he asks her if Are she's you a, a lesbian. lesbian? <laughs> uh, and then she says, what? She's like, no. What? <laughs> and then he says, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And I was like, yes, that would be so tor- terrible. <laughs> To be considered a lesbian, anyway, which uh, which totally. isn't which shouldn't be an offensive question. No, but he, yeah, and exactly. He, he's he, exactly. He, he's totally like the art of the game type guy, you know, who's like, oh, you're supposed he's to nagging in, her. You're supposed to insult mm-hmm. her and then do all these things, and then you know, mm-hmm. and then she gets you. And I was like, no wonder so many of my millennial nerds like think that that's how you fucking get a girl because it's right, characters yeah. like Sebastian. Are I written. do feel like. This- 
Yeah, I do feel like this movie had a lot of like gay awakening moments for people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like you know the um, air quotes Sebastian's butt and <laughs> uh, the lesbian kiss and all of that stuff. Um, and Pacey's and Sarah also, Michelle Geller, like Sarah Michelle, Sarah Geller, Michelle and anything Eric she Magius enters or whatever. You know. Yeah, Ryan Philippi's lip being its own character. Um, <laughs> and that's probably just a me thing. I don't know, but. Um, so anyway, um, one of the last lines in this scene is how she says, I wouldn't expect a man of your experience to share my beliefs. And this is where he finds out that, um, somebody has like told her about him already, that he's this big womanizer and just someone's been writing her letters and it's the nineties. Uh, right. (laughs) And, um, then we move into, um, some cello lessons for, Cecile and Ronald is already very into her. She is um, being uh, taught by Ronald, who is a pre Juilliard student. Okay. Ronald is very hot. I want to oh, say this before handsome. you get a chance to Zach. So he's like, let's let's okay, let's now now let's do a G major scale. Remember, the third note is sharp, and that is wrong. That is, I was I, the, we were watching it. I I guess I had just forgotten that line or something, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then they start playing something, and he's seductively sitting behind her using the cello. Yes. And um what he's playing is not a scale. <laughs> um and I anyway, I mean it's it fits with the scene. Also, I was wondering too, was like, is she literally trying to play the cello? Because that was so realistically bad sounding. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that would and, be so cool. Like you're supposed to be bad at this instrument, so just try and play it. Yeah. Like, we, then, we won't even tell you what you're playing. We'll just give it to you and record you just trying to tune it. That could be a choice. I will go to the grave saying this. Selma Blair commits to this role so well that she like did. that very well could have been like a choice of like right. uh-huh. she's supposed to be bad and and she everything she does is so off the wall yeah. oh yeah she's the oldest of all of i know all that's of what's the weird. Cast. I was like what the fuck might as well cast tom green like he commits really well could <laughs> <laughs> have played this character maybe that's why she was acting like a baby the whole time she was like <laughs> i i got off overcorrected yeah you literally have I to love- act like a toddler <laughs> <laughs> so Catherine comes in and she knocks something off of a shelf and she says, May Lee, we've talked about that this. So and May good. Lee just like stares daggers at her. She's <laughs> like, I'm done with your fucking shit, oh, Catherine. It's so funny. <laughs> right? And then once they, uh, Catherine comes in, she's like, oh, okay, this is a, it's something I can use to fuck with her. And then um, we find out that Ronald is in pre-Juilliard. He's composing his first opera based on the life of Dr. King. And we find out that Dr. King is my favorite. <laughs> Again, Selma Blair. That that <laughs> that whole thing is I, I I will say like I did have to pause and I was like, okay. The nineties were a different time. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, they were like, just so people know that this character is black, we're gonna make him reference Dr. King. Right, like, exactly. Okay. And I was just like, it's so one note. Right, but I guess they're gonna try mm-hmm. to hammer home another point later. That makes sense. But I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I don't think this movie is very much praised for its diversity. I mean, I he and May Lee, I think, are the only characters of color. Yeah, and it right. definitely puts it definitely puts the B in subtle. Yeah, it sure <laughs> does. So um, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> uh, I stole that from a drag queen. I don't remember which one, but. Um, <laughs> Then, uh, let's see. Okay. So after this scene, um, we 
um, go to uh, this very fancy um, modern home. Yes. And um, Sebastian is talking to his gay friend, which does that guy have a name? He does. His name is Blaine. Yes, Blaine. Blaine. Okay. I was like, the I'm sure he does. Name. <laughs> I could not remember it. Yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's which... like he might as well have been like Blaine McShawn Cody or something. Uh, <laughs> well, McShawn this is Cody. where like, this is a stretch and this is like, like kind of like Pablo was saying, like for the nineties, Sebastian's like, like, yes, I get that he's like his pot dealer, but there's a little bit of, and later we see it more of like game recognizes game and where he see, like he's comfortable around, you know, being or, or, or comfortable being around a gay guy. They actually seem to have some sort of like friendship. And mm-hmm. and there's a lo- even though there's a lot of homophobic <laughs> slurs said, uh, even by Sebastian, there is something like I don't know. I guess an ally, a little bit. Well, it's, this is a, a reach, but they seem to be friends, look, and he's okay I, with him being gay. You yeah. know, like I, I I was out at this time, and I was in high school, and like this was a very normal thing for a lot of straight guys to kind of have with like. Yeah, I like this gay guy. I, you know, I used to like bring in porn and show all my straight friends gay porn and stuff. And they, they would like laugh at it, but then they'd be like, okay, cool. Bye, fag. And they'd be like, all right, bye, molester, <laughs> like rapist. I, you know, just like talk shit to right. each other. Yeah. But like, uh, like I said, it's very 90s accepting where, where it, yeah. there is a difference. We are not the same, you know, but like, like the 90s is like, I will recognize that you are. You know, we are a salad of people. We the flavors are nice, but bitch, you're a tomato and I'm an onion. Like we are not the same thing. (laughs) And he and Blaine are kind of cut from the same cloth of like evilness because he because when he talks about gay sex, he's like, you know, or Zach, I know you're about to talk about this, but he says he talks. Blaine talks about his sex life, and Sebastian says, "Good for you." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. It, touching on what Pablo was saying too, this is this reminds me a lot of things we talk about on Buffy, and this is like so much more um, ooh, than the th- stuff we talk about on Buffy. Mm-hmm. But how at the time it was like this is a gay character in a movie, this is fucking huge, yeah. And now you're just like, <laughs> okay, he's like the caricature and all this stuff, and like. But like at the time, it was like kind of great. I think this is probably one of the first gay characters I ever saw in a movie. Honestly, I think it's not even that bad. And no. and well, but like there are things like that as well. And like the idea later about like Catherine, you know, being able to enjoy sex and all of these things. There's well, like it's like it's like progressive ish for the time. Yeah, <laughs> but then exactly. it's like this was like <laughs> almost what. But it still yeah. falls into the tropes of like the 1960s, like I uh, like Pablo and I talk about on our podcast, like looking about like when you, especially when you look at older films, the queer mm-hmm. coded character, whether or not they were explicitly queer or they were queer coded, always the villain. So there's right. while while Blaine is not the central villain, there's definitely a bit of like villainous aspects to it, and so that mm-hmm. still kind of perpetuates that that trope, but it's it's right. very well, subtle there's well, it, yeah there's something fascinating because if, if you think about it it's really one character written in three different ways you have the the male evil machiavellian character which is sebastian then you have the female mm-hmm. evil machiavellian character which is 
Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, Catherine. Catherine. And then the gay version, the gay male version is Blaine. You know, he Mm -hmm. is also all about the conquest, also all about the exploitation of the person that he's having sex with. He's, they are the exact same person, the exact same version of themselves. And so it's kind of interesting at this time to make a character rewrite the character in three different ways where they can still be centralized. Their traits Mm -hmm. are still centralized. And so like, they're all the essentially in a weird way, different versions of the anti-hero, right? Because those are the ones we're right. following. So I mean, in, in well, a sense, it is progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and Blaine too is to me. There's this commentary on the whole like DL guy, straight guy who's in straight guy air quotes who's in the closet because the whole reason he's doing this thing and exposing the Gregster is because of this sentence where he's like, as soon as he'd come, he'd be like, oh my God, what are you doing, man? I'm not a fag. If you tell anybody about this, I'm going to kick your ass. And that was like (laughs) almost verbatim. Like my first actual gay sexual experience was like that, where I was blowing a guy. And the second he came, he was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Whoa, I'm not gay. Like, that I still yeah. do I still do the same thing now when I watch porn. I'm like, this is so hot, then I'm done, I'm and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, porn yeah, is gross. All the time. <laughs> but this is also where we do learn that Blaine is technically, I mean, at least like you know, oral top. No, 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 Blaine is a top because he's like, the only reason I let him keep up the charade is because the man's got a mouth like a Hoover. Oh, yeah. He's a and, which is also a brilliant line. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It's a brilliant line, yeah. And so <laughs> I love so I lo- he needs uh, Blaine to like get Gregory over in whatever. And he's like, I do believe Spartacus is showing. Right. <laughs> I thought was hilarious. Said yeah. he was going to have him over for a little pillow kissing session. Yeah. Which I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I love it when he calls Gregory and he goes, Gregory. Right. Gregory. <laughs> yes. Gregory. Yes. That was so and then, good. <laughs> and uh, um, hold on. We got to get into that scene yeah. in a second. And like. <laughs> I, I also had written that is Joshua Jackson the top, and <laughs> he says "stroke of midnight" pun intended. Yeah. Oh, and he and like then, strokes a bong or uh-huh. something. Yeah, and then then we meet the Gregster, and he's so in the middle bad. in the middle of telling the story in like such a straight guy room, and he's like, "So I'm sitting there, I got my dick out, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this?" Birthday present from grandma. Suck it, you dumb bitch. <laughs> and then the phone rings, and the next thing we hear is Gregory. <laughs> yes. And it's so amazing. And his face instantly is like, hello. <laughs> but what's also funny, if you are Harry Potter fans, I got major Crab and Goyle vibes from the oh. two friends that are there. It's like, yeah, oh, high fiving the Gregster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Gregster. And then it sounds like a radio personality. It does. Uh, so so we set that in motion, and then we get the the scene, the scene that launched a thousand lesbians. Yeah, and then so they're, they're having a picnic in the park. Some Blair is just eating a pile of fruit. Yeah, Selma, oh, wow. Blair, Selma Blair is dressed as a watermelon. Yeah, um, <laughs> Catherine is in or uh, dressed- Sarah Michelle Gellar. Catherine is in her sexy funeral. She, the, she the, looks the, like she's like going to the funeral of her. her the fucking like sugar daddy that she poisoned right (laughs) with the amazing hat yes they also have this spread of of food that's like what 
Mei Lee carried all of that over <laughs> and set oh, it yeah. up for them. Sitting on the blanket. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just sitting there <laughs> on the picnic blanket. And the, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because the whole picnic is just a vehicle for the making out. So no need to think about it. Yeah, there's not even any plot in the scene. Catherine really gives me Wednesday Adams vibes in the beginning of the movie. Like if if Wednesday Adams fucked a lot and yes. as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um it is plot adjacent because she's trying to teach her how to kiss so that she can kiss yes. Ronald. Oh, and but, she's brushing her hair too at the beginning oh, yeah. uh-huh. and talking about her boyfriend. And he's like, he was just telling me about this bulimic head case that he dumped. And she's like, really? Bulimic head case? Yank. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller's line, line delivery of where she's like, really? Bulimic head case? Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And she like pulls her hair so far that she like falls over backwards. Off. And then she acts like nothing happened. Ow! And then she yeah. goes back and continues eating. And I was like, yeah. she wouldn't even turn around and be like, what the hell? Or like, what happened? You know, well, Christine Baranski probably doesn't actually clean her, or brush her hair. But I was going to say, you know, Christine Baranski would just be like punching Breaking her with a brush. Right. Close your um, legs. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> in Jamaica. I love the version of this scene in Not Another Teen Movie. I know. It's so funny. It's one of the funniest things to me that has been put to film and when her dentures fall oh yeah (laughs) and when you when you i'm so glad you brought that up because i would there's so many like funny scenes i love the musical part at the end and the only part of that musical that remember that i remember Uh is the character that's supposed to be Catherine singing so what if we have the same mother oh my god yes that movie is actually fucking genius. So um, we get the infamous spit string. Um, and <laughs> I love that. So Sarah Michelle Gellar pulls away and Selma Blair is just kind of like dreaming. Eyes closed, <laughs> like, uh, and she's like, that was cool. Yes, I love it so much. And then uh, she says to try it on Ronald. And every time she starts talking about Ronald, she's whispering. I was like, you're in the middle of a park. Right, exactly. And she's like, I have letters. They're in an antique dollhouse in my room. Yes. So uh, <laughs> Catherine tells her to make copies of the letters and bring them to her. And then she says, do you want to do a sleepover? Oh, and God, she's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. And then... Uh, but we, Catherine, uh, or or one thing I want to say about that scene is another very 90s kind of fact about the scene is they won the MTV VMA yeah. for Best Kiss. Oh, and then they that. did it. Also... Sarah Michelle Geller and Selma Blair are still super close friends. Mm-hmm. When Selma Blair was on Dancing with the Stars, Sarah Michelle Geller is in the audience and you yes. like they panned over to her and she's like in tears. Aww. And it's not Aww. like a fake friendship. You can tell that mm-hmm. they are still very good friends. I think across this whole movie, especially the main cast, there is, and Pablo kind of like what you were saying is it must have been so much fun. There is no matter how ridiculous the lines are, whatever about the script. There is so much good chemistry among mm-hmm. among yeah, yeah. these people, and you can tell. It, and that's, I think, one of the things that helps make this movie work. I, I, I or what I agree. works yeah. about it. One thing I want to say about so, this scene is, I actually like for me watching it, I'm like tingly. Like it, I, I, I actually found <laughs> the scene to be really sexy. I was like, oh, that's oh really yeah, really hot. I no, it's, don't know what's it's happening. Quite sensual, yeah, and it, also. Oh, the character earlier that's like Trevor's a fag. Could you be more queer? Then she goes, <laughs> right. 
which is our uh, our lesbian gay double standard. It's like yeah, exactly. We have it in there. Is, it's 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 not as homophobic. Because like they think. they didn't put this in the movie to be gay. They put no. this in the movie to give men boners. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um. <laughs> anyway, I I I just really love the the way everybody in this movie again is just having so much fun yes um so now we cut back to the palatial estate of sebastian's aunt um and he is jamming out to beethoven at the pool in an antique wheelchair yeah what yeah and yeah he's listening to the ninth symphony is that a rich people thing do they just like have they're like oh time to get in the wheelchair i don't want to walk anymore like, i know what's going what's going I, on i was sitting there like it's probably like a like a um aesthetic thing oh. like they would have like because it's it is set up to be very it, <laughs> this is i feel like a super gay reference but it reminds me of the pool scene or the pool in annie the the pool that's in mr warbucks house <laughs> zach's a bag <laughs> uh, yeah. so uh they because it's just this very like old-fashioned spa-like feel that they've got like a see for me i was like oh they could only rent one place during this day of filming and they were like okay you can decorate it but we're not getting rid of the old folks chair that we use for water aerobics for the retirement (laughs) (laughs) so gotta work that in somehow (laughs) yes and this is where we find out that the palatial estate is wired for sound because um she cut we reese witherspoon comes in and she's like do you know this is playing in every room of the house because he's blasting ode to joy and then she's reading her letter yeah. and then um he's like it's not just yours and i was like oh that's really creepy yes and then, incredibly and then uh <laughs> he gives her a present of a very fancy backpack oh yeah and um <laughs> with a nameplate on it so next we get a phone call <laughs> between Sebastian and Catherine with these very fancy, elaborate phones. Yeah. And the first thing she just says, fucker yet. <laughs> and uh, anyway, <laughs> um, then uh, we cut to some accidental nudity where uh, <laughs> we get the butt. Yeah, because uh, Annette has left to change into her swimsuit, and she comes back and sees Sebastian's ass. And okay, this and is... whoever whoever this ass belongs to. Nice ass. Yeah, he's right? got a really nice ass. This is where, if my mom's boyfriend ever watched that VHS again, he was probably like, "Why are these? Why are there all these weird scratchy lines on this?" Whenever like I, it's been paused. Why? Why is it then? Whenever I try to watch <laughs> this movie, it's at this scene when I put it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And why? Right same thing in the over. pool. Because he just immediately jumps in the pool when she turns around, and I was like, "He's naked." Yeah, I was wondering that. Maybe I can put his in. I love to think about Sebastian just sitting, standing there for fifteen minutes with his ass out, pretending to like wipe his ear with her, like waiting for her to come in. (laughs) Exactly, and then a line that I was like, "Oh, this dumb. She's dumb." Like, she's dumb. The 90s people were dumb. She's like, how can someone be so manipulative and so charming? Bitch! Like, the only way you can be manipulative is by being fucking charming. Oh my god. Well, she was she was mesmerized by that ass. She was. That ass made her like, dumb. To do a she Missy saw the Elliott front too because he turns 90s. around too and is like, right? Could you <laughs> could you turn around yeah. as his dick is flapping everything? She's like, like helicoptering at her. For real, she's like a fucking dead Nemo, just. Bah, 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 bah. 
And she says, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, why right. are you embarrassed? What's wrong with you? Right. And she, of she wanted, she wanted to look at yeah. <laughs> and then we find in the pool this is this is where she um kind of really dives into like somebody's been bad mouthing him and like uh-huh. writing her the letters. Um and this is where he tries to kind of change tack and instead of insulting her manifesto and her ideals, he starts complimenting them and says that he envies her and how she has no bullshit or whatever. But then she ends up rejecting him anyway and leaves. And he says, night, sweet pea. Right. Yeah, they get <laughs> he says, the infamous Trevor, who we find out is backing, backpacking through Europe. Yeah. Oh. And she really misses him. And he says, I care. <laughs> Funny enough. Trevor's, <laughs> Trevor's at a glory hole in Berlin. Did you know that like, Trevor... <laughs> so, Saw was based off of the character Trevor back when no, I'm just kidding. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Fun oh, That's a hostel. Hostel was based off of Trevor. <laughs> Fuck, I fucked it up. Um, oh, then we do have a very nice shot of Reese Witherspoon's ass. I have to say. Yes. Yeah, uh, so she's getting lovely, out of the pool. Lovely. Yeah, covered. A little less Great. gratuitous. And, and covered, you know, and uh, then um, this is where we cut to the more revenge porn and blackmail part of the uh, yep. the show because we see a car pull up and stop quickly or no it's he's walking ba- behind a car that says greg number one on the license plate <laughs> and just and it says has a bumper sticker that says go for it go in for all it. caps oh, and he rips the bumper sticker off and throws it on the ground as he's walking to the house yes and um he walks up this very fancy looking house by the way i was like this is like the nicest, most modern house, and mm-hmm. of course, because it belongs to the gay person yeah. or the gay person's parents. I <laughs> the guess. music that's playing, I I don't know if you remember the band Marcy Playground, but they had that's their song that's playing. It's a song called. Mm-hmm. Are they more well known for their song called "Sex and Candy," and it this but this like music just fits perfectly as mm-hmm. it's as we're hearing things mm-hmm. and he's walking up the stairs i, I don't that's yes music it's does so really good. well with music but this they do a really good job using stands out yeah they do a really good job using the music to set tone um rather than just uh, like to be cool right like it's great they do both really well so true and i forgot i can't believe i forgot to mention love fool in the last scene yes <laughs> Because he switches over to Love Fool for yes. a second. <laughs> yes, derm de derm You're right. <laughs> and so uh, he's walking upstairs. He hears the sex sounds. And then the Gregster says, oh, baby. And Sebastian's like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he kicks open the door. Uh-huh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, just really drunk, blah, blah, blah. And then he... <laughs> he this is where we get into the like part of the scene where he's like, What's your dad gonna say when he finds out his pride and joy is a fudge packer? Yep. And it's like, and then, then Blaine is like, Emery boarding his nails in bed. It's like, you know what? Come to think of it, he can't even write a grocery list, let alone a letter. So why would I think it was him? Oops. (laughs) I just wanted to fuck him. Yeah, I I just wanted to make uh, to terrorize this uh, DL guy. And um, Joshua Jackson's background acting in this yes, is so good. good. That's super and then, good. yeah, and then when he op- when Sebastian goes in the room, also he's like Gregory freaks out and he's like, "Where's my underwear?" And Joshua Jackson goes, "Don't be so huffy." Yeah, yeah. he says, "Give me my fucking underwear." <laughs> 
uh, and then I also thought it was funny that he was like, do you guys buy groceries together? Why would you know that he can't buy a grocery list? That's just that's just him making fun ah, of not being aware. Yeah. I just thought it was a really funny reference, like to say grocery li- as opposed to like he can't even write his name on his paper, so, like because they're in high yeah, school. Anyway. List. But this is also another moment where Sebastian, like game, recognizes game because he almost yeah. starts to laugh, and where he's kind of like, okay, well played, like <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> touche. And, but uh, so now Sebastian has this blackmail on Greg, so he makes Greg talk to Annette because he has a they've known each other camera on. There was a camera on yes. Greg and uh, the Gregster and Blaine, <laughs> yes. and uh, he had there is something you can do for me. And then so we cut to this beach scene where the Gregster is talking up Sebastian to Annette, and he starts out with like very sportsy terms, which I thought was really funny. Where it's like <laughs> he always goes for it; he always gives it one hundred and ten percent. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then he's trying to get her to tell who is shit talking him, and she's at first holding on to it, and he's like, "Do I look like some kind of gossip queen to you?" <laughs> which the like uh, the being subtle writing yeah. about the the gayness again, yes. but it's still so funny. Also, I'm curious, what is the population of Kansas City, Kansas? Because they just so happen to know each other. It's 128,000. Like, today i'm so glad that you googled this well no <laughs> well, because i was like there, um, there are two kansas cities there's kansas city kansas and kansas city missouri right. and they would make more sense that they were from missouri because that's much bigger and it seems yeah. like that has kansas like city, missouri is big. that seems like it would have much more old money because they do come from like old money world at right. the same time mm-hmm. so i really like that when sebastian calls greg to get this information from him greg is like in a changing room or something yeah <laughs> and there's like two sexy men changing behind i him. was like mm-hmm. okay we get it he's gay <laughs> right <laughs> get it. he's also wearing a, like a sports top and like really short shorts and mm-hmm. it looks like he's in an 80s gay porno i love it <laughs> well eric maybe that's what he was really, about to film like very Pop. sex looking of 90s like i when i remember in the 90s i was being like because he was he was really hot and welcome to the dollhouse and I was always like, mm-hmm. that man looks like the epitome of S-E-X. Oh. <laughs> He's also in Resident Evil, yes. I think, too. Oh, he was. the Gregster? Yep, the Gregster. The Gregster. Nice. <laughs> Sucky, yeah, I... you dumb bitch. And is my Ugly Betty. <laughs> He's an Ugly Betty. What is this, Grandma's birthday present? <laughs> Which is the least sexy thing you want to hear. Like, like, (laughs) like if someone was like, what is this grandma with a birthday present? I'd be like, my boner's gone. Uh, The last thing I'm going to do is suck your dick. Well, right. It's because that story probably didn't even really happen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's also really Uh, unattractive to walk in on gay sex and call someone a fudge packer. Because it's like, this is not where I want the imagery right now. Exactly. (laughs) Pablo. Pablo, you talk about things like Alaskan tailpipes and you were the one like who said chocolate <laughs> butthole earlier. <laughs> yeah, because it's funny, but then when I'm like getting down to pound, oh, that's right. Like, he was saying that was bad. That. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. In case you were, uh, in case you thought Pablo was having sex right now in this recording, yes, he is I'm not. not. So I'm okay actually um, celibate well, at this moment. Well, Gregory Just was getting. I think <laughs> we've. I think we've decided that Gregory was getting. His fudge packed. He wasn't packing any fudge. Who knows? They were both in underwear. Packed. Everyone is having sex in underwear. I don't get it. 
<laughs> under a yeah. sheet. Under a sheet. No, if they were really gay, they'd be having sex on top of a towel. Oh my! Well, they couldn't uh, have a penis, or it would be rated X. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. but they could have just and like so, held something up and be like, "Give me my underwear." Right? right. Yeah. Well, he did. Well, he say, says that he did say, "Give me my door. underwear," and they were like under the covers for a second before pulling them off. And, and then, maybe Blaine's friends with Sebastian. He's like, "I don't really want him to see my huge dick." <laughs> <laughs> my huge top dick. Yeah, <laughs> such a top. <laughs> So, not as opposed to the bottom dick. Um, yes, it would have made it, 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 it would have made more bottoms? sense. It would have made more sense if he was like, "Get your face out of my ass! Someone's here." Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you just hear like a suction sound, like a. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the deleted. Oh God, scenes. he's all talking like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any mouthwash? Oh, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> so. We move on to this other. Oh, the, we find out on this phone call that um, Sebastian, who is dressed as an Apple spokesperson, <laughs> um, said, "Mrs. Or really, that nosy bitch." Yeah, it's, it's Mrs. Mrs. Caldwell. Caldwell. And then we cut to Cecile showing her whole pussy to Ronald. Well, so okay, hold oh. on. So <laughs> what we cut to <laughs> is Catherine, who is watching like nanny cam footage oh where yes, is yes. she where is the what is this from i, I guess she gail weathers bullshit right yeah. exactly i, I guess and, she put a camera there when she knocked down that thing and blamed may lee earlier and so she catherine did yeah. not catherine did not install the camera no. may lee installed and the that camera. camera's like yeah. on the, the camera's like on the floor there's like a Mission Impossible right. scene. And it's only like really two feet away it. from them. And those cameras were huge back then. But it's at, and it's at Catherine and Sebastian's house. Or yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm pretty sure it's their house. So like they must have said, come have your lessons here at our house. Right, right, right. And so they're talking. He's trying to show her something. And she's sitting on the floor. Doing and then a, she said, hand, like a and then she stand. starts to do a headstand with her. <laughs> yeah. She's doing number 17. The spread eagle. <laughs> yes. And she like has her legs as far apart as humanly possible and he's just in a staring mini skirt. At her pussy. And he's like, oh God. Oh. Yeah. Cause she, it's very like she's complaining. I can see it. I want to look, but I can't. Right. She's like, and then she said that she couldn't do it. And so then what she did was she did this in front of all of us. Like she says something like that. <laughs> and he's and looking then, at this like potentially 14 year old's vagina. <laughs> right. And then he's she's <gasps> she goes to leave and she says, peace out. And yeah. then Sarah Michelle Geller is making fun of her. She's like, or sorry, not Sarah Michelle Geller. Catherine is making fun of her. She's like, peace out, Ugh. moron. Yeah. And then her. Um, the I plot thickens. This is where we get the Don Juan moving at the very cringy, very like, oh God, Boo. line about Don Juan moving at the speed of an Oli- special Olympi- Olympic hurdler, which is like, oh, yep, this is in the 90s. Yeah, Can't that's, forget. She's talking about Ronald because he's not making a move on Cecilia. And. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, this is one way to have a conversation. She you know, like how his... you're talking to your stepbrother and so you sit on his dick? Yeah. Yes, you sit on his lap and you lean back to him and you put let him touch your boobs. Oh and she's God. like, I hate it when things don't go my way. It makes me <laughs> so horny. That's my favorite that's line of the exactly That's a like, almost verbatim line. Yeah. Not even that's, a joke. that's how you know a straight man wrote this part yeah. of the script. Yes. And it this goes very on. much like, a, oh, I, uh, Mr. Pizza Delivery Man, I don't have any cash. Can I write you a check? Come inside. Can like, you, I've got a large sausage for you. 
Um, so I hate it when things don't go my way. It makes me and so horny. every. I didn't write down all the lines <laughs> she said, but it seems like the director was there, just like, okay, so say a line, breathe for fourteen seconds, <laughs> then say the next part of the line, then breathe for fifteen more seconds, <laughs> then say the next part. Because everything she says, so she's like, I just need to order a pizza, and like. Then eventually she gets to this point where she turns around and she licks him and then she looks at his penis and says, down boy. Yeah, that's after after she asks, have you succeeded in your task? (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah, they're having a conversation about like where they are in terms of the bet. And then she says, down boy. And he's like, oh, come on. Yeah, He he got blue balls. Oh, Oh, no. no. Which I mean, it's it is played as a comedy moment, but then it's also like this is why. Men you, from the 90s well, feel entitled to women's bodies. Do you think this scene inspired the step bro, I'm stuck in the dryer? <laughs> I forgot about that. Almost uh, certainly. Yeah, probably. Sorry, I mean, Pablo, I cut you off. Well, no, because he also goes, oh, 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 come on! <laughs> like, he does like five yeah. to ten, like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, God, my Wait. dog does that when like there's dogs outside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We after this scene, um, he's he get, calls Annette, who's sitting just lotioning up in her uh, her pajamas, and uh, he's oh. like, "Did I leave my glasses there?" And I wrote, "You mean in this forty thousand square foot estate? How the <laughs> fuck would she know?" Right? Glasses. <laughs> and he, he's like, "Oh yes, I think it, they may be in the solarium or possibly <laughs> on the croquet court." Or, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he's like. <laughs> Um, then he asks about going out with her and um, he says, I'm going out with you tomorrow. Oh, I'm going out with you tomorrow. We cut to them. And, um, I was like, Oh, this is back when high waisted pants were popular the first time. <laughs> okay. I wanted to wait until we brought this scene up to bring this up. So one of the big differences that they make between Sarah Michelle Geller and Reese Witherspoon is that Sarah Michelle Geller, again, all of her outfits mm-hmm. are amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon <laughs> is given the worst fucking yeah, outfit. She looks that like is... the vice president of the PTA. I'm, so, I'm really like... glad you brought that up, though, because there is this conscious effort in the film to separate Sebastian and Catherine from Annette, and that is almost always in white or extremely light yep. colors. And but Sebastian she, and um, Catherine, for most of the movie, especially the first half, are in black. And Sebastian, there's this transition of his character that you actually see in his wardrobe where he goes from black to like colors and then back mm-hmm. to black. Um, but, anyway. but she's dressed like the jazzercise lady. In that <laughs> yeah. No, like the lady who like skips the skipping exercises. You remember her? I was a prancercise. That's the jazzercise. Prancercise. Prancercise lady. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's like that's probably what if I was an extremely rich person, that I guess is probably what I would have worn because <laughs> if you if my fashion sense was equated, because I was very just like I think she wears that outfit, that exact same outfit at the end of the movie too. She, yeah, she's in like all white at the. You mean in the? Oh yeah, in but the, with the capris, high waisted pants, yeah, and the Skechers, like yeah. who the? F- and so that's another thing is like I think Catherine's wardrobe is very geared towards like her intense sexuality, and then Annette's is very like anti that. Like 
she's very into like holding back her sexuality. So like, but she always has just, like, like razor said, sharp nipples. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it was the nineties. You must be able to cut glass yeah, I was at like, all times. Damn. Girl, okay. it's Rose so, McGowan. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> any episode of Charmed. Um, or, or Friends. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, then we move into the scene where um, Catherine is telling Mrs. Caldwell. And Chris- Christine Baranski is serving in this fuzzy pink yes, suit. A thousand and I percent. swear I've seen a drag queen wear this exact suit and I can't remember where it was. So Sarah Michelle Geller, Catherine is telling Miss Caldwell uh-huh. about Ronald and Cecile. And, and she's like, <laughs> he's so... And then she, wait no no like, no no she says she's so young and, and he's, he's so, so and then she says black black and then she, okay that reminds the me the next line when the I next line was in high school I worked at Starbucks and this woman mm-hmm. sweetest woman came in and she usually only got a cappuccino but this day she decided to get drip coffee and I was like how do you like your drip coffee because you know we would like put stuff in it for her. and she was like oh I like my coffee like I like my mentors it's like really like fabulous Israeli lady like my coffee like I like my mint and I was like oh okay black and she was like oh no I mean I didn't mean it that way I meant strong I meant strong (laughs) (laughs) so that reminded me so much of her okay okay but Christine Bransky does deliver the line when she's like processing it and she live they bring the coffee she goes uh what sugar no sugar yeah yeah yeah. it's good she says brown sugar Brown sugar. No sugar. No sugar. The, whole thing, <laughs> yes. the whole thing reminded me of that's why I was like, oh, she does a great job with she that. Is, it's terrible, but wow. <laughs> she's such a small part of this movie, but she's so fucking iconic. Yeah. And I love and then she's like, something like this could ruin her reputation at Manchester. And then Catherine's like, you will be discreet about this. And she's like, absolutely. Yes. This is like her <laughs> last scene so in the movie, funny. too. Like she's well, gone. Last. No, no, she's not. Oh, wait. How okay. could you forget about it's coming up? <laughs> her screaming at Ronald. Oh, sorry, she I forgot about the where she actually confronts him. Yes, excuse so me. I wrote. So she said, "You will be discreet about this," and she says, oh, "Absolutely." And I wrote, "My next scene, she is not discreet." Not and so her, she, she's like, "She reveals, who the hell do you think you are?" She says, "Margarita found these letters while she was cleaning," and it's like, uh, "Of course, she has a housekeeper named Margarita." That was my grandma's right? name, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love but just, that. But just the way she also delivers that line, like this whole movie is so camp. Like uh-huh. there's so many camp yes. moments, and she just delivers it as such a theater part. Like yeah. she taps into Mary or Mary Sunshine from Chicago. Yeah, just like, who do you think you are? It's I giving me. It's giving me Faye Dunaway playing Joan Crawford. Yes. <laughs> I got you off the streets, and this is how you repay He's me. Like, got me off the streets. I live at 59th and Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm assuming is like an affluent neighborhood. I'm assuming. Yeah, I know that much about yeah. New York. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> then he uh, says something about, I would think somebody in this day and age could look past simple race or whatever. And she's like, don't give me any of that racist crap. My husband and I donated money to Colin Powell. <laughs> Anyway, and I don't think Colin Powell ever ran for office. Yeah, are you appointed secretary? He was Was like secretary. He was appointed, so he never ran for office. (laughs) Did he? What did he do before that? He was in the military, right? He was in the military. Yeah. Anyway, maybe they just saw him and like this racist lady just walked by Colin Powell and she was like, "Here, a dollar." Exactly. She didn't say anything. I would have voted for Barack Obama a third time. 
<laughs> yes. And uh, so anyway, he leaves um, and is he like, says the black man is gone, right? Yeah. And he runs into Catherine and Sebastian. I was like, well, look who it is. And then we call this scene. I called bullshitting Ronald. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so uh, they're How showing did they time that elevator. I um, right movie magic. Booty magic. They've just been sitting in <laughs> that elevator. Been, they've been yeah, standing they've just there been just waiting, waiting and staring at <laughs> everyone who comes out. This, they're so rich they have nothing to do. They'll just like wait. Right, exactly. Well, they would have known when her, I guess they probably would have spy found out when her cello lesson was supposed to be. And Maylee's in the background with a walkie-talkie. Yeah. <laughs> Talk, <laughs> there, talking there's talking, to, talking, talking to Margarita, who's also the Margarita's like, okay. Maylee says, the black man is gone. The black man is and gone. She is, there's so many deleted scenes of Maylee in like Mission Impossible gear, like hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Maylee the whole entire time has like one of the most beautiful British accents. Right. She's like, oh, yes. Come Completely speaks or, English, yeah. <laughs> or or it's like it's actually a Boston accent. Or oh my god, he's gone. <laughs> he's in yeah. the car. Oh <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. Um, so anyway, um, they've shown her him a letter from Cecile, and they have these really cheesy grins the whole time they're talking to him. I love and that. Written a letter to Ronald. Dad, I love that yes. whole thing. They don't really smile a lot in the movie. Yeah. And then they smile here and I realize like, that's a really interesting touch. They don't know how to do that. They don't know how to show non-miserable emotions. And it's always, and it's just very predatory looking. It's yeah, like, it's creepy. Like a shark smiling at a fish or something. Yeah. And so they're, um, and it's awkward because, like, like when they zoom over, Ronald should feel very uncomfortable because Ryan or Sebastian has his hands around her, and you see his hand resting on the side of her. Yeah, hip, like, mm-hmm. and it's so ugh, it's so gross. But he yeah. he doesn't know who they and are, right? Like, he doesn't really like he, he doesn't he, know them from before this, right? I think this is the first time they've met. Yeah. Okay, well, so but he he's, 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 wait. Is it sort of insinuated off screen they met? Because it seems like well, he has met them at her he, house, right? He met Catherine the first time when she drops yeah, a thing. And she's, knows but, but he doesn't know Sebastian, yeah. right? Like, because right. I was like, they're, they're not like friends. Because then, you know, I like if I saw a brother and sister that I knew were brother and sister sitting like that, I'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to fuck this 14 year old girl. Like right. I don't <laughs> right. exactly. means I'm not well. I would hope I like I really hope that sentence that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> if also, you were if he if he was also a pre Juilliard, yes, yes. But I also love how like eager Catherine is because she's oh, yeah. just jumping the gun. And he's she's like. I think you should tell her you love her. Love her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And then and he's, he's like, I, I could, could email it. her. Yeah. And Sebastian <laughs> says, email is for geeks and pedophiles. Oh, I love that line. <laughs> and then they're like, we'll make, write her a letter. We'll make sure she gets it. And um, then Catherine, we get a little bit of foreshadowing here because she says, you'd make any woman happy. Oh. Um, to uh, what goes on betwixt the two of them later. And, um, and then Sebastian kind of has this moment where he's like trying to have clarity about it. And he's like, I just want to make sure like we fully understand the damage that we're about to cause here. Yes. After Ronald leaves the room to write privately. And, uh, you know, he's like, we've done some pretty fucked up shit, but this is. And then he gets kind of, oh, Paul left. Oh, he's back. I was 
filling up my water. It's a <laughs> and so um, he's like, we've done some pretty fucked up shit in our time, but this is, and then <laughs> this is where we get the speech. And she's like, eat me, Sebastian. <laughs> and he, she says, I, I wrote it down. So I have to read it. Please. Um, she says, it's all right for guys like you in court to fuck everyone. But when I do it, I get dumped for innocent little twits like Cecile. God forbid I exude confidence and enjoy sex. Do you think I relish the fact that I have to act like Mar- Mary Sunshine 24-7 so I can be considered a lady? I'm the Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side, and sometimes I want to kill myself. So there's your psychoanalysis, Dr. Freud. And if I if I missed anything, sorry, but I went back like 15 times to write that down. Perfect. I was like, I have to suck. I thought, I thought, now tell I thought me, you now tell me, Geller. are you... Now, <laughs> now tell you. me, are you in or are you out? Is, that's the last one. Uh, <laughs> ah, right. Uh, I didn't realize right. until this last time watching this that not only is she Marsha Brady because she's like a per- supposed to be like this perfect girl, but also she is in a blended family. Mm-hmm. But oh, there is, but there is sexual something. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, but there is something to be said for like not that this necessarily humanizes her, but she makes a point. Like mm-hmm. there, because there is the double standard. So, yeah. so not that she's like. I mean, because she is a very evil character. But there is something to be said for you have to condition these people to act a certain way, and that's not naturally who she is. So, I I don't know. I thought it was it was a moment that like almost humanizes her, but it it, it does speak on that you know, very high, you know, like beyond upper middle class, like very high class, like mentality of the double standard. And I do think that it's, I mean, it's a pretty poignant or, moment. Or just women in general. Yeah. yeah I, yes. I, yes. Women in general. There is a yeah. huge, it's the virgin, like the Madonna whore complex, right? Where she has to mm-hmm. be perfect and pure and this, and men are given the freedom and actually celebrated for their bad behaviors. Like, bad boys are, mm-hmm. are hot. which and they really and she gets passed over for virgins she does she, she, mm-hmm. she gets passed about twice right she gets passed because and movies the... and the movies are written about her where she remains the bad guy and the playboy gets redeemed yeah by death and right i mean like <laughs> he, yeah she she has to face a punishment and he gets martyrdom right exactly and they're like i think <laughs> This is my super nerd coming out, but I think it's like once upon a time or something, this line that they say all the time, it's like evil isn't born, it's made. And it's like very that she's like a product of the system where like she does sort of have to connive and do all of these things to be respected. Whereas like if we had more of a system where people could just enjoy sex and be real about it instead of pretending not to all the time then maybe yeah. <laughs> the whole plot of this movie wouldn't happen. And we know a few things about her. Like we know she's, she has bulimia because that was brought up. We know she's suicidal because she said it and that she's a basket case and as perceived mm-hmm. by someone else. So she has very complex emotions. She may have bigger emotions. So we already know that she, there's a, a, an instability in her and it she has to like mm-hmm. mask it right because she's being pulled right. in two very polar opposites but who she is is someone that's very in a lot of pain whereas sebastian we don't get that we just get he's this until a virgin comes along and then he's a good person <laughs> right right uh-huh. and, and then, so like yeah is, is kind of kind of interesting she does remind now, me of like a lot of girls that i went to high school with that were 
later on got like diagnosed with like borderline or something like that, where it was like, the reality is you just kind of live in a context of a lot of oppression and you are reacting to that oppression. So we label you something. This is very psychophilosophical. We label you something to control you so that you can try to fit in to society when we should actually be questioning our own values of society. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's really like the point. And it, it's interesting to the idea that um, she it's it's not just sex though, right? Sex is what they do in this movie, yeah. <laughs> but they the it's the thing they focus on. But there's the other things too, where she sort of has to like hide like her intelligence and her kind of like cunning and everything as well. Because mm-hmm. if she shows too much of that, then she's not going to be as liked or respected. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's that element too. But she, I mean, there is also like I mean she she has to be that like perfect part, but she's student body president. So there is mm-hmm. something to be said for where she is kind of this, you know, like, I don't know if she would go on, she would be expected or wanted to go on to have a career, even though that may be something she would want. She is still finding her way to climb the ranks of, you know, a power. So, so to speak, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. She could have definitely gone into politics. She's definitely uh, a lot smarter than Sebastian. Right. She's, oh yes. She is very <laughs> smart. She's definitely the puppet master. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh so uh they call Cecile. They call Cecile and she's like, Cecile, it's Catherine. And when they're crying, that's all but she's like, she's like Okay, stop crying. Ugh. Stop crying. And she gives the phone to Sebastian. And he's like Cecile, stop, stop crying. crying. <laughs> and they tell her about a letter from Ronald they have to give to her. Uh, and then we get the little red riding hoodie, weird, yeah. very uncomfortable sex scene with Cecile. So Ooh. we cut to her laying on Sebastian's bed, drinking out of a very big bendy straw. After sneaking out of her home and putting a doll oh, in her bed. Oh, right, yes. We have to see her dollhouses and dollies and things. She's like, this and, sure doesn't taste like iced tea. Yeah. And he's like, it's from Long Island. Uh, that that <laughs> was like a running joke in the 90s. That was in a lot of films. <laughs> was the Long Island iced tea new or were people just like discovering it? I don't It was like a Long check, Island? please. Like that joke kept running oh. on a few things until <laughs> it died out. And so in this, like I remember a lot of movies in the, and shows in the 90s. Like they have tea. They have a special tea in Long Island. Oh, you know, like <laughs> Wow. She's drinking one out of a giant bendy straw like a toddler again. And <laughs> no, it's not a bendy straw, it's a silly straw. So, sure, silly straw. <laughs> and um <laughs> and then uh he starts creepily photographing her and uh he does the whole you could be a model and he says, It's too bad you're not sexy. <laughs> And she's like, I'm sexy. And he's like, show me sexy. And then she starts doing this like lightning round of weird modeling poses that she's Uh seen in magazines, I guess. And then he's like, he says, why don't you get more comfortable or something? And she goes into like a meditation pose and says, oh, oh, God, I know. Right? He's like, I was like, what? And then, (laughs) you know, it'd be super duper sexy. If you lost all the clues. And then I hear this whole scene in that SpongeBob meme. (laughs) And um, she's like, I don't think so. And then he's like threatening to call her mom and tell her where she is and all this shit. And he like basically threatens her into letting him give her a kiss air quotes down. Um, And then 
he's like, uh, I want to kiss you there. And she's like, huh? And yeah. He, <laughs> he, he says, uh, a promise is a promise, Cecile. And then she's and like, a like, promise is a promise. It's like, this is very a heartbreaking part. No, it's, yes. yeah. it's so, this whole scene is like, did you guys ever watch Smart Guy in the 90s? Yeah. There's this scene where they, him, uh, where the main character and his friend get tricked into going to this like pedophile's house who is trying to take pictures of them. Uh, and he says he's got like a surfing game and he's like, it'd look really cool if you guys were just like in your underwear, like bathing suits. And this scene gives me vibes of that. Gross. is just very creepy. And it's like, no one, no one along at any point was oh, like, yeah. This is like rape. No, it's like really right, exactly. explicit. Yeah, it's it's actually really uncomfortable to watch because you're like, oh, yeah. God. Especially <laughs> because she plays it, scene. She plays it so childlike as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, what the fuck? And then they try to excuse it because she like they kind of turned it into of like, mm-hmm. okay, well she she liked it, she wanted it, Which and that's like this is writing. as much as I love this movie, mm-hmm. this scene, I usually kind of skip over. It is because too much. It's hard to it watch. Really weird. So the next day, her mom finds the doll and does not figure out what's happening. And she's she pulls off the cover from the doll, and the doll's like, "I need a hug." Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. And then um, she she looks like she. <laughs> Selma Blair comes in. It looks like she's been in a tornado. <laughs> yes. And she's like, "Jesus Christ, where have you been?" And she's like, "How Shopping. long was he eating her out?" Because it's like sunrise. It's like yeah, it's nine o'clock in the morning. And she says she's been shopping in the in the morning. <laughs> Mom's like, "Okay, sure." And then yeah. uh, we cut. <laughs> so we have that short scene where she gets like pushed out the door to go meet some uh, important person, which we find out is Sebastian's aunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back to the palatial estate. Um, and uh, then we get this really, especially after how creepy the scene was, him looking at her and stroking Anyone that Anyone for tennis and he's jacking so off the tennis. Like, and doing his tongue. Oh, yeah. Predatory. Yeah. Predatory. And it's just. Uh-huh. But no so one else creepy. notices. Like, like, I'm like, he's so right. Next yeah, to exactly. right in front of you. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and then she spits out her food and like goes, walks away. And <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's like, She's kind of weird. And <laughs> his aunt's like, oh no, they're short of volunteers at the retirement home, but, but I, I have, have theater, theater tickets. tickets. And I, that's it, telling. That's telling. Yeah. Right. right. So Sebastian and Annette are going to go they, volunteer at the she's retirement home. Like, I have an idea. Home. And then <laughs> she's really into it. And he's like, oh, fuck my life. And like, she, yeah. <laughs> I love the little thing he does where she's like, she's like, you're so great. I love you. And he's like, I just can't help it. And he does this little gun to head thing. <laughs> we cut to the nursing home and um, we have the um, other 50% of the um, black cast. <laughs> yes. Who's this nurse who is walking them through the, uh, the nursing home, uh, showing them people and saying um, like, introducing them to the people they'll be helping and he split she splits them up and he goes with uh mrs sugarman and yes he's just sitting in the room while she's talking and then he tells her that they played bad getman three times and she she won like, all three times and then she believes it i guess and he's like oh i guess i just forgot about that and he says and then i fucked your daughter uh, and she's like what would you like a glass of water mrs sugarman <laughs> and then um you know, they come in and they she gives her spiel to Annette and the nurse. And then um, 
Do you guys recognize? We cut the to nurse? them in the car. The nurse was in Sesame and... Street. Did you guys recognize that? Oh really? Yeah. I did she not know that. From Sesame Street. Whoa! <laughs> what a change yeah. of pace. <laughs> so uh, I that's really cool. I didn't know that. And so <laughs> we cut to them in the car, and he's trying to like act all like noble or whatever, and says that Mr. Sugarman's cool, and she's like, "You must think I'm an idiot." Like this is so transparent, <laughs> and. He's like, fine, I was bored out of my mind. I hate charity. And so... And he says, I can't win with you because it's all about winning her virginity. Yes. And then she's like... She makes this actually like really, I think, good statement about... She's like, you take yourself way too fucking seriously. You yes. just need yeah. to calm the fuck down. And starts making these really funny faces at him, which uh, allows him to laugh. And then we have the Catherine and, and Cecile And they hold scene. hands. That's oh, they so do. Funny. Oh, yeah, that's right. They start holding right. hands. I was like, fuck Trevor's drag, right? <laughs> right. You hate old people? <laughs> hold my hand. Right. <laughs> yes. I also hate old people. <laughs> right? Fuck. Yeah. And so Cecile is telling Catherine that something awful happened last night. And then she says he took advantage of me, which is true. And Catherine and says. He forced himself on you or forced intercourse on you? No. He made me give you a blow. Made him blah, made you give him a blowjob. Ew, no. <laughs> she says, she gives this really evilish smile, and because she explains it, and he's like, "Oh, he went down on you." <laughs> so, okay, did you guys it? have subtitles on? Because uh, what she what maybe. what what Selma Blair or what Cecile says to Catherine is when she whispers in her ear, what she's like, he I uh, he. What oh, right. he wrote my he wrote the alphabet, he wrote the alphabet, but he wrote what but with his tongue. Yes, I didn't. <laughs> I did not catch that part. I heard I her did, saying did, something, but uh, yeah, that's so funny. But in a creepy way because this is that whole like, oh well, you agreed to it or what? Well, you she didn't, also you says, didn't, why didn't you do something? You didn't stop him, so it's okay. Like even though you actually said no multiple times, right? Exactly, and he coerced you into it by threatening to tell you, and mom. got you drunk, and got you drunk, so your ability to give consent was gone. So and you're yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was so much, so much terrible shit. Um, and then, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Catherine tells her she had an orgasm, but uh, Cecile had an orgasm while while Cat while. Selma Blair is whispering that shit into her ear. I was distracted by Sarah Michelle Gellar's evil smile. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is so funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, and then <laughs> the explosion bit of going line, right? And then um, she explains that she had an orgasm. And then she attempts to hug Sarah Michelle she, like, Gellar. Tackles her. And then she like pushes her into that the floor. That made me laugh <laughs> so hard. <laughs> That is so. I love when Selma Blair gets pushed onto the floor in this movie. It happens a few times, and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know why yeah. this is so funny." She's very slapstick. Yeah, she's very good at physical comedy because mm-hmm. also what happens later in the scene, but like, yes. and then also like you said, being pushed twice. She's very good at physical comedy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then then we get to more of the machination part, and she's like, "Think of Sebastian as a tutor. Let him instruct you." Yes, and then she tells her practice makes perfect. So her advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. <laughs> Which you know, this and, was was what I wanted to do in high school as well. I yeah, same. There's just like very very big lack of gay people where I was. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, like, she's like everyone does it, and Cecile's like, it's like a secret society. And she's like, sure, and she leaves, and she insults him. Or she's uh, like, she's like, her. that's one way of looking at it. And then she turns around, and she's like, fucking idiot. 
And then I send like, that gift. I send secret side, and she's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> secret society, and she does the like sixties right. so dance move with the peace sign. It reminded me of. I a, send- it reminded me of the scene in Scary Movie where he's trying to get Cindy. Cindy's boyfriend's trying to get Cindy to suck oh. suck his dick, and he's like, "It's a lollipop," and she's like, oh, "Like a lollipop." <laughs> The way she says secret society. I was like, this is the same thing. It's so good. Yes. When she leaves the room and she says fucking idiot, that's a gift mm-hmm. that I send to people. I can vouch for that. I can, constantly. I can vouch for that. <laughs> this is a that this movie is rife with gift fodder. Oh yeah. So uh <laughs> it, it really is so we cut to cecile eating cherries in bed after Maraschino she cherries as yes. we discussed earlier after she and sebastian have just fucked and she's like i like it better when i'm on top and when she tries to kiss him he pushes her off just and like she into Catherine falls into did. the floor from yes. the bed and she's like she says something to her like am i supposed to be this sore and uh she's asking him all these questions and he's like this is what i like to call quiet time yeah yeah, it was very like, condescending and assy, and, and then, like simultaneously, we're supposed to believe he's becoming a better person with a knit. <laughs> she does this thing too, where she's like, uh, she like breathes in his face yeah. to like get back <laughs> at him. He's like, I don't like you either. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? Okay, maybe that's like I know straight guys get very weird after a girl goes down on them and then mm-hmm. tries to. Like then she tries to kiss him again. I've oh. I've heard that's a thing. What? Yeah, I've oh. seen it on I've seen that on Reddit several times. Oh, like, gotcha. am I the asshole or like, yes. oh my boyfriend won't let me kiss him? If I kiss her lips, the lips like me sucking a dick, and that's gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the mental gymnastics. Anyway, um, so he goes to take a shower, and she's like, "You want any company?" What a blue job. And she does the like tongue in cheek thing. <laughs> She's just immediately like the yes. most like sex obsessed person ever. Right. She's like 25 now at this right. point. You're right. Like, yeah. She's five going on 30. Yep. <laughs> and then um then we cut to a new scene where Catherine is like looking out at the window at Annette and with she's binoculars. Like, she's like, oh, she's reading a book and crying. Little girls upset a, by the big bad wi- book. Widow babies upset by the big bad book. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets really pissed at her and she's like, What's up your ass? <laughs> He's like, She made me laugh. And then she kind of this is where she starts to put the claws in. She's like, So that's why you're losing our bet. And they are like centimeters away from each other like a single digit number. yeah and um she says something about wanting to test out her new ride meaning the car and he's like the only thing you're going to be riding is me God. <laughs> which if i'm gonna be honest if a guy said that to me i'd be like okay fuck the bet yeah oh yeah yeah like in the moment that is the not my stepbrother say, but yeah. <laughs> One time I was at a party, uh, this was years ago, and I was just as Tarzan, so I was not wearing a lot of clothes. And this guy I started flirting with uh, came up to me, and he like he was, he was so hot. And he just kept kind of talking to me throughout the party randomly. And then at one point, we ran into each other in the hall and started making out. I know this is a lot of TMI. But, he <laughs> looked, but, then, but then afterwards, he just looked at me. He's like, you're going home with me tonight. And I was like, okay. Oh, and I did. <laughs> We ended up booking up you know like what, a Paul few times because he wasn't your stepbrother. 
Right. He was his half brother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it was, it may or may not have been a family reunion, but it's fine. <laughs> you went dressed as Tarzan to the family reunion. <laughs> oh. All right. We cut to them, uh, Sebastian walking up to her and greeting him, greeting uh, Annette in French, and then she responds in French as well. <laughs> yes. And uh, then uh, they start kissing a lot, and um, there's this really stark color contrast between their outfits again, continuing that theme. Um, and then she kind of pushes away, and she's like, I thought we were just going to be friends. And then we get this whole like I can't gross keep my feelings bottled up like you. But it's this really gross like a man cannot be friends with a woman without wanting to fuck her. Exactly. Are you ridiculous? <laughs> and he says something about her being married to Jesus and um you just can't be friends with somebody of the opposite sex. Duh. <laughs> That's why no gay people are friends with each other. Yeah. That's right. Cuz all they would want to do is fuck and you know you can't even talk to somebody. <laughs> Um, and so she says, I don't trust myself with you. Oh God, that line. And then he says, you're hot one minute. You're cold. The next you make me feel inadequate. And I was like, that's why men hurt women. Stop it, Sebastian. And then, then we cut to, uh, nighttime at the mansion, um, where he is telling her he's about to leave and he might go to the South of France for the rest of the summer. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, she he tells her she's a hypocrite because here's love staring you right in the face and you're refusing to do it or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he said. I didn't write it down. It's this so is gross. fucking manipulation. Oh yeah, it's oh, like from manipulation. And he says, "Have a nice life." And I wrote, "What a tool." And then she's like, "Wait!" And then she immediately just unbuckles his pants. And I was like, "All, all right. right." She unbuttons her shirt and they almost have sex, but he mm-hmm. can't do it. You see the. The, the between me down boob. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she has this like really Reese Witherspoon in this scene has this really like actually kind of beautiful, very earnest look to her that is so real, yeah. but also so <laughs> arch. It's like, I don't know how she did that. It's amazing. But she just looks so like she just looks like this beautiful like deer. Did and you have you ever seen him I, do something? Have you ever seen fear? I have not so with good. her and Mark Wahlberg. So it's so good. Yeah. And uh, it gave me a lot of those vibes. She That was a few years earlier, but she there's actually a sex scene in that with her and Mark Wahlberg. And it, it, it like always takes me back to that because there is kind of a little bit of like uh, reluctant submission. In it. Well, Mark Wahlberg's hmm. character is terrifying in that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to see that. He decides that he can't go through with it. And so he leaves and she kind of starts crying. And then he angrily slams the door. He says, get it together, you pussy. Yeah. yeah. And he's looking at himself in the mirror. And then uh, we cut to another the next day, I guess. And he's in bed in his underwear with the journal like on his stomach. And Catherine... Um, jumps into bed with him and tries to grab it, but then he's like super protective of it instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just walking around the house in this, like, first of all, Im- amazing outfit and heels. And I'm like, wow. 
and you just jump into bed with heels on. Okay. <laughs> and um, she's like, you had the chance to fuck her and you didn't. God, are you a chump? Yeah. And she tells him that uh, Annette decided to move out of his aunt's house. 30 minutes mm-hmm. prior. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's either at the end of the scene or maybe it was at the beginning where we get this scene of her uh, walking out and getting into a limo. Everywhere she goes, she gets into a limo. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, yep. She's not in Sebastian's car, I guess. But um, so uh, this is where, let's see. We cut to Greg. The phone call with the Greg stir and he's dumping a bunch of CDs in a trash can. And he saves the Judy he Garland throws, one. He throws away the village people. I saw that. He throws away disco queens with i think uh donna summer mm, on the Betty no not donna <laughs> summer um, anyway uh and then yeah he saves judy judy, judy. but he, ha- he has like, <laughs> like gay oh, judy porn also there's like gay porn magazines kind of oh i didn't yeah, see kind of that about in the beginning yeah right he's doing his bi-weekly like cleanse of all his gay, his gay shit cleanse. until he uh fucks blaine again while he's wearing a t-shirt that says 15 reasons a beer is better than a woman <laughs> yes! yeah um, and, i want that and, well it's like it's such a 90s joke t-shirt too because it has like an entire like uh, master's thesis written on it right it's like the shirts that you would get who would have time the the shirts i feel like i see that t-shirt every other day Uh, i was gonna say it's like the shirts that you would buy at like spencer's and shit in the mall right right know what that is (laughs) oh yeah Uh, i owned a lot of those and i'm not gonna repeat what someone said (laughs) oh no (laughs) i had one that said protect your nuts and it had a squirrel with like a stick held up like a weapon and (laughs) that's cute my grandma threw it away because she didn't like oh i had an abercromb i I had an uh, abercrombie and fitch shirt that said it had a like cut out of like the state of iowa and it was like do i make you corny baby yeah (laughs) (laughs) not as like that was less offensive than some of their other ones. Combining right. two of the sexiest things, Austin Powers and the state of Iowa. <laughs> right. uh, so and- Greg tells Sebastian <laughs> what's up, and that's when we get the train station. Yeah, that he took. She took a train to Penn Station, and in this scene, so she's wearing like a red sweater and a kind of sapphireish blue dress underneath. And then he's wearing kind of the same tone of blue mm-hmm. shirt. Uh-huh. So he switched to colors while we hear colorblind by the counting uh-huh. crows play. And this is where like, I'm like, Oh, the main thing about this movie is that I'm supposed to care about this relationship. Yep. And I do not. Oh at yeah. All. Right. Cause well, you're, you're supposed to be like, well, first of all, this movie is a tragedy, right? It's, uh-huh. it's you know, we, it's also like a high camp comedy kind of thing, yes. but it's the whole thing is a tragedy. Yeah. And so anyway, the sex I- scene music was originally supposed to be, according to IMDb, uh, To Sheila by Smashing Pumpkins. Mm. Uh, but I guess the band's guitarist like said no <laughs> on, <laughs> on them for that song, so they got colorblind okay. instead. I feel like there's some subliminal messaging with using colorblind because the mm-hmm. lyrics say, I am ready, I am ready, oh, yeah. I am f- fine. <laughs> Pull with- me out from inside, they want to be prolapsed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I made that joke last I know, night I stole while we were watching. Kyle. Zach stole that <laughs> oh. joke from me. You guys are so gross. Why would you ever like, <laughs> yeah. say something like that? <laughs> Taffy stuck in tongue-tied, you know? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, we have the sex scene. Um, oh, before that, we get the whole her being like, I'm impressed. And he says, well, I'm in love. Oh. And then we have the sex shoulders. 
um, oh, yes. with the funky angles. And then we, uh, she's leaving in her limo again from their apartment. And we see Catherine staring down at them like the fucking evil queen from Snow White. Yes. On a balcony, which is amazing. And he comes home and hears Catherine having sex. Yeah. And he got some flowers for. Yeah. What are the flowers for? He's, it doesn't seem like they're for Catherine. I don't know. Anyway. Um, then we hear some moaning sex noises and she knocks and is like, just a minute. And then she, you hear like, now, now go, go. And then he goes in. Um, I have to say she has a portrait, like a picture of herself yeah, I saw on that. the table by the door. <laughs> yes. It's, so it's her fucking headshot. Like, oh my God. So, so fucking amazing. And, um, he's like, who is our friend that gives you such pleasure? And he pulls the, she has like this big drawer under her bed and uh, it's got Ronald in it with, is it fluffy handcuffs I or just like so. a tickling? I thought thing. it was a tickling. It's thing. just a, yeah. Like a tickling. Okay. Thing. Something and so, fluffy. Uh, and then, cause it made like a jingling sound. And I was like, if it's a tickling thing, then that sort of makes it seem like a cat. Well, maybe toy, they but... were just playing with like a cat and the cat just like doesn't. Like oh, <laughs> they probably were playing with Ooh. a cat. They were playing uh-huh. with uh-huh. Catherine's cat. Yeah. Well, I that felt very New York to have that storage space because it's a so mm. smaller to have that right. giant asteroid in this like Gilded Age mansion exactly. that they live in. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Gilded Age. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Up. Um, I love the trains. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a real building in uh, New York. They, uh, architectural digest, uh, analyzed Mm. the, uh, analyzed it once on YouTube. I, I went down a rabbit hole of watching a bunch of this anyway. Um, so let's see. Oh, Ronald leaves saying there's some fucked up shit in this house. (laughs) And she's like, call me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but also, he's wearing briefs. Did anyone catch that? And like, that's mm-hmm. this was yeah. a time when I felt like guy, straight guys, particularly, were always wearing like boxers, the loose knit boxers, Big old baggy boxers. Because everyone was talking. Yeah. Blaine was earlier. I meant to everyone point that was talking out about too. If you wear boxers, your sperm Giant count boxers. is high. If you wear briefs, you oh. kill your sperm count. Which now you need, no, sperm you count need the sperm. Down, for totally, Blaine should have been wearing. That, that's for totally different reasons. <laughs> yeah. And Greg the- should have been wearing a jock strap. Right. Yes. I agree. Should have just been but that would have been. I think Ronald should have been wearing a jock strap. A butt plug. Right. Like a, a butt plug <laughs> yeah. tail when he runs out yeah, and it's wagging. That, I was going to say. Ah! I was going to say. That's what the feather was. Yeah, that he, was a feather. He's the one who doesn't it. Meow, meow, Catherine would one million percent be into pegging. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. 100%. That, that is if she, and... if she were to hook up with Sebastian, she'd be like, you can put it anywhere, but so can I. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's the flip side of the deal. So she expects him to collect on the bet, and yeah. he doesn't want to, and she's like, I want to fuck. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I don't. And then... She throws a glass at the at door. The door. She's so mad. And um, she's not in all black anymore. And I wrote in my notes, I was like, is she, is this her trying to imitate what he wants now? Mm. Cause I think this is where I can't remember if this is the red outfit or the silvery one. She has like a silvery, like kind of like baby doll dress outfit. And then there's like a red, like vining. Anyway, she starts having color in her outfits yes. now. And, um, 
then um, she says that he, you don't love me anymore. And then <laughs> this is the part um, where she really fucks with him and says, um, not only are you dating Miss 17 magazine. And then um, so let's see. Um, she's, she's telling uh, him that he has to tell, uh, Annette's dad, <laughs> because as a student body president, it's her sworn duty <laughs> to inform him that his daughter fucked somebody. <laughs> right, exactly. God. And then she tells him like people don't change overnight and all this stuff. And, and she's we like, right. "You'll ruin your reputation for being in love and her reputation." And then we get sad montage. Yes, she's and, uh, really good. She would be a great politician because she's absolutely. doing um, Marjorie Taylor Green spins. Like, I mean, oh, it's. No, she's- way too smart to be Marjorie. Oh, way too smart. way too smart but oh, yeah. uh, the same uh, level of evil sure <laughs> but yeah that's more what i'm what i'm referring <laughs> to are you kidding marjorie taylor green is the most disgusting vile dumb human oh, being gosh, she's uh, in politics <laughs> right now she's cecile but uh, evil but yeah. <laughs> actually but one thing that I did think that was funny that didn't make any sense is, first of all, on a rotary phone, she's like, I'm going to call him right now. She knows his phone number. <laughs> yeah, people. Need- well, back then, people you did remember. People's yeah, and she's so smart. She and could probably he's know. He's the student body president and he's the headmaster. Like maybe. So I guess that. maybe they've already spoken before. Yeah, yeah maybe. She's gonna be call- yeah, she's calling so the school. This is. A lot of responsibility to put on a teenager to be like super right, president exactly. for this time. I do love. Okay, but she's smart enough where she can handle. I do it. love how evil <laughs> she actually is, and she can like. She knows exactly what to say to like get under his skin really quickly. Like I love that that mm. power that she has. Um, I don't know that this was a the the one point in the film where i was like i actually really do enjoy this character i really like her yes oh yeah oh i like her the whole time <laughs> this this yeah 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 Be, because i mean like if, when you're an adult and it's the first time you watch this movie you're like this movie is like whatever like at least in my my experience but i watching this i was like oh i actually really do enjoy her character like right right now just solidified it just how she is cruel mean manipulative vindictive she can see right through him she is smart she's very intelligent yeah she's going and on. i was like and she well like and that. she's doing this all just to fuck with him yeah just mm-hmm. to fuck with him yeah because she's mad at him for not fucking her for right. winning their bet and yeah and so she's she's upset that he's not she's not the the she's not the prize focal anymore. point anymore the source of his desire or whatever and then so then he goes to um another fancy apartment with the doorman and he is back in black. Uh, and he tells her that uh, it's not working for her and him anymore. And <laughs> she's like, that's funny. <laughs> He's like, it's not you. It's me. I'm completely fucked up. And it's like, Oh my God. Right. Withers- and he's crying. Withers- and he tells her good acting here. Like this is like, oh, yeah. this is okay. I was like, okay, this is why she went off to do a bunch of more stuff. Not that the other people aren't and- great, but she's really, like a stellar actor. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd say out of the people in this movie, she's had the most success, yeah. right? I mean, by you know, and so uh, anyway, uh, she they go into their fight. Apparently, in this fight scene, this I guess they were our dating at this point. Uh, there's like this kind of lore that um, the 
fight scene got like really intense and the slap was unscripted. Oh. And um that Ryan Philby had to go like throw up after this because he was like too in his head about like having this fight with his actual girlfriend. Well, this Dang. scene, like, yes, Reese Witherspoon is absolutely killing it. I think this is one of her better scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe her probably her best scene in the movie. But Let's not undersell Ryan Philippe that like, I wonder if they hadn't been dating, would it have been this good? But mm-hmm. even him, I do just feel like it's just, it is a very well acted scene on both parts. So it makes sense uh, why he would throw up afterwards. Yeah. I still think like in watching it, I think she ate the scene a hundred percent. Like in with all due respect, like she did a really good, she seemed, she acted like she was like, the victim of abuse like it, like like she knew something bad was happening was gonna happen i thought it was great yes he also does a really good job but i think it's you know if i had to give the the tens across the board she's getting it oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, i'd say I he's holding his yeah. own with her but he definitely 100 percent stole it for yeah. sure it's the episode it's- of drag race where you want to do a double shante but you can't because right. of the episode exactly. schedule exactly. so you just have to send one of them <laughs> exactly. home anyway. yeah and I liked how, uh, however many years before the Game of Thrones movie or show came out, uh, you know nothing. <laughs> and um, he says, you mean nothing. I, the 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 best part for him to me is where he says, you mean nothing to me. And he's got these tears just like streaming yeah. down his face. <laughs> and she's like, you're such a coward. Look at yourself. You're shaking. Um, but anyway, yeah, this, this fight scene was pretty, pretty good. And mm-hmm. then we move on to... Um, him sitting in the dark in her room in Catherine's room with a bottle of champagne uh-huh. and she does the villain boast and she's like melodramatic don't you think she calls him silly rabbit which i love yes. oh my gosh. and he's he's she's talking about she's moved on and then he says oh really and he produces this letter and he's like from ronald and uh he said that he expected <laughs> her sort of bullshit so i guess he got her him back with uh so so um uh, not Celeste, Cecile. Uh, Cecile. <laughs> yes. And uh, he was like, you're right. You do get dumped for the innocent little twins. <laughs> huh. And uh, yeah. So then they start having the champagne for a celebration. And he's like, what do we toast to? And she says, to my triumph. And he's like, well, not my first choice of toast. And then he says, to your triumph over Annette. And then, then we get the silly rabbit line, right? And then tricks are for kids. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's not over her, it's over Sebastian. Bum bum yeah. bum. He's just her toy. She said, "You're you're obviously still in love with her, and it amused me to make you ashamed yeah. of it." Oof. And she's like, "Don't you get it, Sebastian? You're just a toy, a little toy I like to play with." She says, uh, you, "Now you've blown it. I just think it's the saddest thing I've ever heard." And I know you don't know really anything about who cordelia is but i feel like this little speech is the most cordelia-esque moment of the, of the movie for her so when you eventually if we eventually show you an episode pablo with cordelia in it of buffy well that's not going to happen we'd have to go uh, back to it it also so it gives me if you could mix like cordelia with darla yes there's a little oh bit God. there's a little bit of that too i mean that but this is, is yes. also where we see that like Catherine's the ultimate mastermind. Uh, oh yes. Oh yeah. This. Yeah. For sure. 
She has the line, unfortunately, I don't fuck losers. Yes. Ooh, that was so the... that's when Sebastian Yes, yeah, Sebastian tries yeah. to cat crash the party at Annette's. Oh uh, yeah. I called this scene You Done Fucked Up. Mm-hmm. And so right. he's like, It's imperative that I talk to her. And I was like, oh, My gosh. And uh, the the language, the writing is still so funny. And um <laughs> he gives her the uh he aggressively <laughs> rings the doorbell at that house again, and that lady tells him She's not here. And so he gives um, the journal to be passed on to her. And, and a letter. And a letter. And she's reading it on her bed in her dramas. And I was like, oh, this stupid love letter. I and um, he's just like hanging outside her building, staring up at the window creepily. And um, fucking psychopath. <laughs> right. Then we cut to Catherine calling Ronald with the, <laughs> one of these like antique like <laughs> looks like it came from the palace of versailles phones <laughs> okay um, we had we had one of those in my house ooh. uh growing up nice. we had one that they were tacky like, <laughs> they were it was definitely like a tacky thing but we had one of those rotary phones that looks like that we had one but it was just like as a it, it was a real phone but we just used it like as a toy oh it uh, was oh ours was working <laughs> so <laughs> so Catherine is calling ronald yeah and um she tells him that Sebastian hit her and took off. And then he's like, and presumably also off screen tells him that he had sex with Cecile because yeah. she says there's more. It involves Cecile. Yeah. So, and then and he's in bed with uh, Cecile. he gets up out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then Cecile is in bed. She hangs up, has another evil Catherine smile. So, okay. With the hitting her thing, there actually was like a scripted scene where Sebastian did like slap her. Oh, um, and they ended up cutting it out. And they said the thing I read was they cut it out because they didn't feel like the dialogue reflected the character. Um, so slapping her, I guess, is fine. Um, <laughs> and so they cut it out, and you're supposed to kind of wonder if he actually did or not. I always was just like, "Wow, she's making this yeah, up." Yeah, me I, too. To I like piss Ronald I off. I thought she was. Ma- I never thought anything. I thought it was just. I think it of, works like, better poisoning, like the situation yeah. even more. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I, it definitely works better than seeing him hit her. I think that would have just been like, okay, well, we're ready for you to get hit by a car. You piece of shit. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, So uh, then we cut to the next day. Uh, He is still lurking. Um, We get the uh, twin towers in an establishing shot. Right. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, who is wearing all white, um, her, (laughs) her mom, angelic white jogging outfit. And, (laughs) um, this really intense music. Um, Sebastian starts walking around what looks like Central Park, I think, or a park. And um, then we get an angry Ronald storming out of the house mm-hmm. or out of the the townhouse. And um, he runs into him and he's like, I don't fucking believe this. <laughs> and then she's like, she, Catherine says that he's like, Catherine said you hit her. And she also told me you fucked Cecile. And then, um, He's like, right? Uh, Sebastian's like, listen, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then that we are men, so we must fight. Yes. Right. So yeah. they start punching each other in this really weird, like, video game I go, <laughs> you go fight scene. Right. Um, and, um, Reese Witherspoon tries to stop it. She jumped, or she gets, thrown. I don't know why I've started calling them by their actor names suddenly, but, yeah. um, <laughs> Annette tries to stop it. She kind of jumps on them and then um, she, she gets, gets thrown, thrown into, into the, the road. Street. And a 
taxi is coming and Sebastian like jumps in front of it and pushes her further into the road, not out of the road. <laughs> and then he gets hit by the taxi and he's like, has like a couple scratches on his face. And with his dying breath, he says, I, I love, love you. you and, it. Like, Sebastian. and And then we cut to the funeral scene. That's the point in the movie where I said, this movie is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah he said that aloud. Well, also <laughs> she like gets pushed and is stumbled. She doesn't get hit. She just gets pushed and it takes her like, 45 minutes to do half yes. a push-up to get <laughs> yeah. up. And I was like, girl. <laughs> it does. Get the fuck out of the road. I'm so dead. You're white. Also, the fucking taxi had plenty of time to oh my God, stop. It was like a mile away. Yeah. I, I, was like, yeah, I was like, girl, like, come on. Like, you're fucking struggling. It was such a light push that your white outfit is still fucking white. Like, you didn't even hit right. the floor. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, it's so ridiculous. I, uh, this, God forbid me, she mess up those fucking hideous pants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it gets when it gets to this point in the movie, I'm always expecting it to be like a Regina George fake out thing where mm-hmm. he's not actually dead. Uh, yeah, but he is dead. It would have been so funny if they did that cut to him like in the hospital and he's got like a full body cast, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, um, so we cut to. Um, the headmaster of the school officiating the funeral. And at first I was like, wait, are they at their school? Is this just what exactly. like school wondering. assemblies look at for fucking really rich people? They're all funerals. <laughs> so, so the yeah. way, the way I looked at it, so it's weird because it's called Manchester prep, but mm-hmm. I went to a Catholic school and we had mass and a lot of our like assemblies and everything never took place in like any sort of gym. It was actually in the cathedral. So that's kind of where I thought I looked at it as where there's a cathedral on campus and that's where it was being held. But it was weird because the majority of the people at that, like in the audience were all in uniforms. But then there were also adults there. So it was like, I mean, not that it's wild to have, not that it's wild to have a funeral like at a school, but I, it just hit me there because I had always just thought this was just a church somewhere. And then I was like, oh, no, this is like on yeah. their campus. This is like chapel. <laughs> anyway, Catherine is unbothered in, in the bathroom. Yeah, doing, coke. doing some coke in the bathroom. And then Reese Witherspoon or uh, Annette, as she is known in this movie, comes out. Um, by the way, I feel like this hair on Catherine is her most Buffyish hair. Yes, I agree. In the movie, mm. I like looking at her standing on the steps at the end. I was like, oh, that's Buffy with brunette hair. And. I noticed that because she has like 90s bangs with the side partner. Hair is like bigger mm-hmm. during most of the movie. And like, so I'm wondering, is it supposed to be that she's more deflated or she like her losing Sebastian? There is something that's changed about her or is she more grown up? With- well, yeah. A lot of the time she had like a really tight, like kind of updo yeah. or a ponytail or something for the rest of it. I um, do think um, Annette should have come out and then pulled out a spoon and done coke and so you would have done coke with her spoon <laughs> get it but like with but like with a ladle but like with a ladle oh God, yeah. 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 it's like a, a feeding yeah. spoon for like elephants <laughs> well her, that's her grandma's name with her ladle, <laughs> with her ladle. <laughs> um, My <mother>. and <laughs> while her withers with her with her spoon <laughs> And um, so anyway, uh, 
we have this little scene and it's kind of the this is where we sort of get the bookend of the beginning of the movie because Catherine, when she was talking to Mrs. Caldwell, says, I know it sounds corny, but sometimes I turn to God and he helps me through it. And then um, Reese uh, or uh, Annette has this discussion with her where she's like, I know it sounds really trite, but when I feel I can't go on, I turn to Jesus and he helps me through it. And then she's like, I hope to or have a good year or something. Looking forward to getting to know you. And then Catherine's like, looking forward to it. Freak. <laughs> and then. Love so it. Catherine's giving her eulogy. Right. And she's making it very like political. <laughs> like yes. Resisting the temptations of peer pressure and all this stuff. And then we get the um, students start kind of filing out one by one. And then eventually there's this mass exodus. And we hear the uh, opening strains of Bittersweet Symphony. The, I was obsessed with this it's song. It's a great <laughs> song. Time. It's a great song. Uh-huh. It's so good. This and... is probably the most iconic scene or like 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 pop culture scene, this yes. moment, this whole uh-huh. moment. So she like she's in the middle of her speech. She keeps trying to go on. And she's like, what the fuck? You people are so disrespectful. And she uh runs out to see what's going on and somebody hands her like a manuscript that says cruel intentions the journal of sebastian valmont and a single tear rolls yeah. down her cheek because sarah michelle geller is a genius at controlling crying i now paul okay here's where we need to get into your analysis of the journal but i only remember like deceitful and promiscuous and i am a bitch. problem uh, around her picture <laughs> I yes. don't, and the i am a bitch on the next page yeah okay so i'm gonna read as much as of this as i can because he has like cursive and it's kind of scribble but mm-hmm. i can read most so do you want to hear about what he says about the bet or do you want to hear yeah. about what he says about yeah. Catherine first oh the bet, the bet first Show the us bet. What you got. okay so the bet um i don't exactly know if i can be more thrilled about the challenge i've decided with Catherine's help uh, to set for myself um, or just the fact or or to set for myself or just the fact that I have nothing to do with my summer other than using drugs and getting laid. <sighs> make make no mistake. I have no plan. I have no plan of relenting in either of those areas. <laughs> uh, you bet it is nice to have something else to do with to pass the time. Uh, to something else I speak of in case... As equally as the blatantly de- uh, oppressed individual heretofore known as Annette Hargrove, parentheses, <laughs> i.e. Lady of Virtue. Oh my it, god. It began with my regular perverse perusal of porno mags at the newsstand and something caught my eye a cover of 17 one of my personal favorites promised a pious article about one special girl's decision to abstain and that's where it ends On damn that they really wrote all that uh what a also, burn book. we never really addressed this but like why is she big enough to be in 17 magazine well, she just because she's super rich, right? I'm guessing she wrote that in, and they just like decided to publish it, or something. Because she was oh, the okay. only version I was like... in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. I know the Sanderson sisters really struggled yeah. with that. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, you you want to hear Catherine? Yes. Okay. Yes. This one's also a little harder to read. There, there has never been a single person in human existence. Uh, 
like Catherine Marte to love at, oh, wait. And exciting to be near cold as ice. She cares about absolutely no one but herself. This girl has elevated self-absorption to an art form. She believes in nothing and laughs in the face of sadness, faith, and sincerity. A person solely drawing and having seen the damages she has done to many lives, all the while manipulating others into believing the idea of religious or abusing religion to her advantage. She'll steal monetarily and emotionally from anyone who crosses her path. <laughs> monetarily. Right. I know. Uh, and spends the night in a drunken, drug-induced, or in drunken, drug-induced debauchery. God. <laughs> And then the Dude. rest of it, it's like really all like it's like really hard. Oh to read, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it's got the little drawing of the coke necklace, and then uh, I liked that there was a a little thing on the other side that looks like it was from a children's book or something, and it said like nightmares have to be fed. Yeah. There's and, all and below it is that is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, that was it. Oh, below it, it has a picture of her sleeping, and it just says, oh, "I'm a bitch." Yes, yes, <laughs> it's. And so it, it's very reminiscent of the burn book and mean girls, right? Only yes, a lot more very much articulate, articulate and gayified. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she get oh she the cat just jumped onto the table and scared. This me. is where we start getting all these slow motion head shakes from the crowd. Uh -huh, and she gets her coat cross emptied by the headmaster who like also gives her a slow motion head shake. Uh -huh, and then we cut to Annette driving off and putting on some sunglasses just like so Sebastian in the beginning. We in where all things begin. Yeah. And she remembers her time with Sebastian. Uh -huh. Right. And I was like, wait, isn't this like a super expensive car? Why get... does she get this? Car? I was like, Right. Like, what did he did he say I love you? And is someone writing this down? Annette gets my car. And then dies. he actually went to a notary. Uh he took a break to go pee while he was standing right. in front of her apartment all night and went to a notary. To or before he died, he told the cab driver that hit him, Hey, you owe me. Take me to a notary. Right. <laughs> right. Here's so here's another question I have is when they're in the bathroom, when Annette and Catherine are in the bathroom, they act like they don't know each other, but they were both, I, I get it, I get it. yeah, it is a palatial mansion, <laughs> but they act like they don't know each other, but Catherine knows, Catherine's been there watching her, and like through the binoculars, she was there, she was the one to tell Sebastian that she left 30 minutes ago. So that's I, I I felt like that was a little yeah, bit of a plot hole, but well, I, I mean, feel like Catherine was doing that they, on purpose. Well, and they never, and yeah, Catherine was acting, but uh, they never actually like met each other. Yeah, they were never introduced to one. Yeah, like, yeah. Which so, I'm surprised because yeah, so she knows the phone number to her dad, <laughs> and he's he right. he wasn't like you should meet my daughter. She's going to be in her school with you. Right. right exactly. She, I thought she, I thought she met all the new students. <laughs> well that is cruel intentions that's it we did it we, we can't did. all right i just oh, want to kind of speed through these segments right here our obligatory segments i'm going to say instead of rating this movie 
uh, based on a scale of one to ten stakes, we'll do one to ten cocaine crosses. <laughs> if that's okay with everyone. One yes. to ten coquettes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I want to start with our guests. Um, first of all, I just want to say I do not feel qualified to give a rating of any movie that has nothing to do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with our guests, and I'm going to ask Paul first. Paul, what would you give this movie? Okay, so there's going to be a lot of like explanation <laughs> as to why <laughs> I'm going to give it the rating. I am going to give it a 10 out of 10 under the guise of you have to accept what this movie is for what it is. You cannot look at it through any other lens than it being a soap opera, it being like, I guess I'm going to give it maybe maybe a nine, but just for me, it's closer to a 10. I do not want to gloss over the fact that there's a lot of issues with this movie, but the... But for me, it's just such a it's a movie that's been near and dear, uh, you know, to me since I like since a very young age. I just I have to the amount of entertainment I feel I will give it. I'm going to give it a 10. Here at Buffy Gaze, we have no room to ask anyone to be objective. So that is perfectly (laughs) fine. (laughs) Pablo, what about you? Okay, I give it 3.5 cocaine crosses. There's a few <laughs> a few crosses. reasons. Like there's yes, there's something really charming about this film, I will say, like the stilted writing, the music. Like those things are 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 fun, but like ultimately I think one of the things that happens is um the source material I actually really like things that highly highly question pull apart poke holes in um the very wealthy, the very rich. And that's what the source material did to the point where the source material was actually kind of not the reason for, but a very instrumental in the French revolution. Cause it is really, <laughs> really talking about how, how morally bankrupt they may be financially prosperous, but morally bankrupt the like aristocracy is. And one of the things that happens in this film, I think is that gets lost, Right. Like you don't re- like you understand that that's happening, but it kind of gets lost in the film. And I think part of it had to do with the the choice, in my opinion, of it being set in high school. It's really hard. I think this film would have been very fascinating if it were set with like people in their mid twenties trying to get ahead in mm-hmm. car- in their career using sex sexuality to take each other down in very consequential ways. I thought mm-hmm. I think that would have made a much more interesting story. You would have seen a lot racier stuff. You could have really, I think, enjoyed the purpose of it a little bit more with still getting all the great music, all this awesome things. Um, I love the camp value. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, like I was just like, okay, this is it's just. I just give it a 3.5. And like, I totally understand why I think if I would have fully seen it when I was younger, I would have had a much different view of this, but you know, at at this age, this kind of like technically my first full screening of it. Yeah. That's what I give it. I think that's very fair. What about you, Zach? Uh, For me, I get like somewhere in the middle of like, if, 
to me, I would have to give it like five or six different ratings for various things. <laughs> you have to like, pick one for where I like how much I. Well, I'm a. I'm trying to explain the one. <laughs> so for like my enjoyment and my nostalgia with the movie, uh, I'm with Paul. Like I'm there. I'm a ten. But then like then the the elements of it that are less savory, I do feel like definitely bring it down if you're just rating the movie as a whole. And it's just like how I, how I feel about it. Um, I still enjoy watching the movie and making fun of it. I love how campy it is. I love how arch it is. I feel like to me, this is like a fantasy of how high schoolers think they are when they're like, she's still my boyfriend. And she (laughs) stole the yogurt off my tray at lunch. Like this is, this is the, that was me yesterday. No, um, (laughs) but, uh, I think that that's the part of it that I kind of take away from it. And I do, I do agree with Paul. I think this would be a really cool thing to explore with like some 20 somethings or 30 somethings even. That was Pablo. Um, That was Pablo. Sorry, Pablo. (laughs) Sorry. He's done that several times. Oh no. Oh God. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, I'm the worst. Um, I agree with Pablo. I absolutely agree with Pablo. Just wanted to give credit. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. So true. So true. And so, um i think uh in terms of i had like it just didn't strike me really as much until like watch like this most recent watch through of just like how super problematic some of the like sex scenes especially the cecile thing like that just makes me so uncomfortable (laughs) but i mean i never really liked that part before it was kind of like but like just like it just gives me so much cringe now so i'm driving it down to like an eight for me overall all right an eight from zachary uh we're gonna run the gamut here i'm gonna give it a six because i think the performances and the dialogue are and and just the you know the experience of watching it and talking about it with Mm -hmm. other people are great i don't like anything about the story i really Mm. really hate that i'm supposed to uh like watch the story of this terrible person supposedly become a good person Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just really annoying to me, and I don't like that. But I think that's fair. I do enjoy yeah. watching all of the characters and actors. I do think you're not necessarily supposed to really like Sebastian that much, but I get what you're saying. He's like the hero, quote unquote, for me, anti-hero the, the of music the story. and the, uh, the "I love you, Annette" and all yeah. that stuff. That that leads he's me to supposed he he's... does get a redemption, yeah, for yeah. sure at the end. But yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I feel like all of these scores nailed it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our MVP of the movie. This can be, you, you can define MVP however you want. Uh, let's just go in the same order this time. Paul, who's your MVP? So this is a really hard one, and I've been thinking about this one for, for a minute because it's hard to figure out which category I want to view the MVP in because there's part of me that wants to give it to all four, like, uh, uh, Catherine, Sebastian, Annette, and Cecile. So it's like from a performance standpoint, though, because they are all so good, it's really hard. And then from a storyline perspective, I actually would like kind of like seeing it for Cecile because she actually gets the ultimate, not she, Sebastian does get the ultimate revenge like posthumously <laughs> uh, but cecile is still there and the moment of her handing that the book 
to mm-hmm. Catherine is very poignant, but I I do just have to go back to my roots of Sarah Michelle Gellar's performance in this. She nails every single beat as an actor. And so I'm going to have to give it to her. I, I know we're doing this because, <laughs> because Sarah <laughs> Michelle Gellar is in it. So, uh, but for me, it's just, she's a standout. I think it, as, as far as actors go, all of them nail it, but there is just something so poignant and like, it's easy to lend yourself to being the fan of the villain, but it's just the arc, the way that she can play multiple sides, but still there's just consistency between, you know, how nefarious she is. So I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to give it to her. Well said. She's definitely like the reason I watch this movie. Yes, absolutely. How about you, Pablo? Um, so I kind of struggled a little bit in thinking about it. I thought Bunny Caldwell would have gotten it, but she's a fucking racist. So hell. <laughs> um, I was going to say that as a joke when I did mine. Yeah. So hell no, but I really was like, there's everything else about her is like fabulous, right? I love Christine Baranzi. Mm-hmm. But I would say ultimately I would give it to Catherine. I think Catherine's character is the one that in my opinion is the strongest in how she's written. I also am someone who I do believe when Catherine says all the things about there being a huge double standard and then Mm -hmm. why I'm going to give it to Catherine, because even though she ends up being written as the villain, I actually think Sebastian is the true villain in this film because Mm. then the writers Mm. end up, upholding that double standard in writing the rest of the story like why is she punished and he gets redemption when in reality Mm -hmm. like it's terrible like i actually thought that's i was like this is for me like infuriating she is a woman with agency she is incredibly smart she knows how to control the people around her and yes we are seeing that as bad but she has this very rich inner world that right now is very tumultuous right she has bulimia she has to deal with all these pressures he gets to be whatever he wants to be and enjoy it while she has to be oppressed and then we Mm -hmm. punish her for not giving into the oppression like no that's fucked up so i'm gonna give it to Catherine. i think she is a very strong character she's a very in a weird way a very feminist character but written Uh written in a problematic 90s lens right kind of like in the respect to the ending yeah because because sebastian i guess you could say in a way air quotes he gets punished by being killed by a taxi (laughs) but he gets the redemption arc before that so he's like again it's like look how much better he is than right and and the the symbolism that is giving up his trophy and then airing mm-hmm. out his like grievances and airing out his sins is like very much in the vein of like okay you went to confession now you're fine right and i right. think that right. i was like come on like this dude is a sexual predator he is taking advantage of all these people he's literally fucking these girls and then completely destroying their lives and we're yet to be like right. well he loved her like no fuck him and Catherine just you know, she got her pussy pounded. Like, good for you, girl. Like, <laughs> knock yourself out. Do your shit. Like, have fun with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think, yeah. you know, and, and like, completely agree with you. 
And I think that that is, you know, such a good point. And I, I do love that you referred to Sebastian as, uh, as the villain. I think that's like totally spot on. Mm-hmm. And this is just another example of how, like, even though, like, I, I agree with like the strength of her character, she just, this is an example of how we, people get excited to see women fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So spot on, Pablo. Right. What about you, Zachary? Um, so this whole time I was thinking I was going to give it to Annette because I think in terms of the story, she is the one, like the way I interpret it, that actually like won. Yeah, that makes it out really well. She, she had these ideals. They were questioned, and granted they were questioned by the villain of the story <laughs> manipulating her, but she didn't just like immediately be like, yeah, you know what, sure. Like he made a point that she kind of agreed with. And so she adjusted and was like, yeah, I mean, I do have feelings for you. Okay. I can sleep with you. And then um, at the end, you know, I guess sort of gets this revenge on the person that in this throughout the story sort of caused him indirectly to die, I guess mm-hmm. sort of is the way the movie is painting it. Um, and that's so, why you were going to pick a net. And that's why I was going to paint a net, pick a net. But I, I just like I said it earlier. I watched this movie for Catherine. Catherine is the reason to watch. Like, and I mean, not that like Reese Witherspoon does an amazing job as a net. And I, I just don't think there's enough you don't of watch her. The movie for there's not enough of her, and you don't get enough. Like, she does seem to actually have like a kind of surprising amount of agency. But like you don't get enough of it shown directly to you, I uh-huh. think, to to warrant her being the winner. And so <laughs> that's all the reasons that Annette could be, but isn't Zach's MVP. Well, because movie. I fully prepared to give it to Annette, <laughs> and then while we were talking about it, I was like, nope, it's Catherine. Well, with me, we have oops, all Catherines, and I enough just, has been said. I just did the uh, I just did the Lux London <laughs> thing. characteristics yes doesn't get it because no (laughs) have you seen the drama that's going on between lux and uh trinity Trinity. yes it's been good and then the fake drama drama between uh mistress and bob (laughs) yes so funny very fun okay i'm going to uh issue the queer analysis uh for time i feel like we've analyzed the shit out of this (laughs) yes and we are just going to pick our gayest moments and this time i'm going to start i have to have the first one this is my segment (laughs) god damn it (laughs) my gayest moment is (laughs) annette waiting in the bathroom stall Uh, and that's it. That's my gayest moment. What about you, Zach? Um, so, <laughs> um, for me, <laughs> the gayest moment for me is Christine Baranski just being Cecile's mom. It's mo- mainly that first scene, the like, close your legs. This isn't Jamaica. <laughs> and not that gay people are racist. That sounds, that sounds but, like a line that well, could be in the bird cage. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, Christine Bransky, of course, is in the birdcage, yes. too. So that helps. But, yeah, no, I just like <laughs> basically everything with Christine Baranski in it is so, so like camp and gay to me in this movie. Appropriate. What about you, Paul? I, the scene where I, 
Catherine has Christine Baranski meet her at a shopping mall. Tell her, <laughs> okay, like, don't tell anyone I told you this. Right. I, you need to know this. I don't know why. That's just, like, oh. like what, what it, immediately comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect, too, because it's also, it's not like they're in a normal store. It's like they're in one of those rich people, private yes. changing rooms. Pretty woman. Like, like, yeah. like Yeah. Or, like, um. Did you watch what was that uh, inventing Anna or whatever that series where it'd be like all these women and they're like uh, at I don't Neiman Marcus or whatever. They're like, here, we prepared a collection for you to try on (laughs) kind of thing. So anyway, yes, that's perfect. And last but not least, Pablo. Well, aside from, you know, Kyle introducing the segment and claiming the first spot as his own, the gayest, (laughs) gayest moment, I think, is when Catherine... It walks in on Cecile having the um, cello lesson and she knocks over that thing and goes, Mei Ling, <laughs> I thought we talked about this. That's the gayest oh moment God. to me because I have done that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really did think about that for my one of my, that was one of my albums, but I had uh, to go with Christine Duransky. There's just a lot to choose from so in this many. movie. There's so much. I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel like my starting would, uh, take any anything away from anyone and it didn't because there are a million <laughs> gregory right. what gregory gregory <laughs> <laughs> all right this has been fantastic really wonderful uh i don't know how long this episode is going to end up being several hours later. i will not let it be more than three hours <laughs> so it will some a few minutes will be cut at, at least uh but yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you, you guys, so much for being here. Oh my god, I've been talking for three it's hours. It's spreading. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, would you like to uh, do some plugs for Scared Gay and Yourselves? Oh. Well, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you again. Just want to say first, thank you for having us. And like for me, you know, I'm glad that you know we've. I've been able to be on and, you know, I'm really glad that both Pablo and I could come on. We're going to have you guys back. The episode craft was amazing. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you'd like to follow us, we are a queer horror movie podcast. You can follow us at scared gay podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Paul. You ever wanted on Instagram and TikTok, Pablo. Yeah. I'm on Instagram at the exorcist SF and TikTok at exorcist 83 and again yeah thank you you guys i'm really happy to work with you guys again you guys are fucking hilarious you guys are amazing (laughs) yes it has been so much fun thank you guys so much for coming i'm so glad to have pablo on our feet now oh and uh just little fun fact about the craft that you guys don't even know uh our episode with you uh i had covid while we were recording that and i found out that night oh wow (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm so tired today. We were cursed. Can I tell you? I just Uh looked at. I was looking at our uh, our performance and everything. The craft is in our top five most listened to episodes in the history of our podcast. Halloween is up there, pretty pretty far up there for us. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Zach, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us? Yes. So that's it for Cruel Intentions. Just a short little discussion. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can support us by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, and you can follow us our, on our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuffyGazePod. Yes, you can also reach out to us through email at BuffyGaze at gmail.com. Leave us a voice or text message at anchor.fm slash BuffyGaze. Please share us with your friends. Now we have something that's not Buffy, so they don't even have to like Buffy to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this has been Cruel Intentions. Join us in two weeks for a very special Buffy game night. <laughs> and then two weeks after that we'll we will be starting season four with the freshmen so till next time i've been kyle and i've been zach and we are your buffy games secret society <laughs> oh, <God>. oh, <laughs> fucking idiot i'm just kidding <laughs>